You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Before we get into today's uh, recording, um, which I already did and forgot something pretty important, uh, I want to encourage everyone to go to DallasHopeCharities.org and uh, read about it, learn about the mission that they have, and uh, consider donating um, in the memory of Riley Gale. Again, that website is DallasHopeCharities.org. Hello, welcome to Axe to Grind podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Bob. This is uh, not a normal episode. Normally, uh, Patrick and Tom are here with me to do these intros. And um, yeah, it's uh, that's the way we like it the best. But we're doing um, something we've never done before. And hopefully something we don't have to try and do again um, because, as I'm sure everyone knows, Riley Gale from Power Trip is no longer with us. And he came on Axe to Grind a long time ago, about two years ago. Um, He was one of the very first guests we ever had. He was one of the very first people who reached out to me in support of the podcast and he really liked what we were doing and uh he was he was very kind about it and we were encouraged by recommended by some friends to re-air this episode with riley so that's what we're gonna do um i didn't know how i felt about doing that um but a, a good a good friend and somebody I look up to and who uh, whose heart I trust implicitly is uh, Dave Murphy. And he reached out to me and said, hey, um, I'm listening to this episode. I think you guys should, should put it up again. And uh, I know he had a relationship with Riley as well. And, um, and quietly, I don't, <laughs> I don't think people know this, but there's all these people you meet in hardcore and, and I'm sure you do, but, maybe you don't say it enough, but uh, Dave is somebody who, when I was young and didn't know him, I looked up to him. And uh, because I saw him and I saw how he treated people he didn't know. And even before I knew him, he treated me kindly. And, uh, you know, everybody has their moments where maybe they don't. And, you know, (laughs) I've seen Dave get wild in the pit before, but but then I remember, and I want to share this really quick about Dave because it'll get to what I, I want to talk about here. Um, I believe it was Edge Day 2001. And uh, that probably doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people because when they think about, you know, <laughs> when they think about, if they think about Edge Day, there's 10 which is the last 10-yard fight show. And then there's 10 2000 or whatever, if it was the 19th, I don't remember what day, um, but it was the last in my eyes show. But in 2001, there was no show to speak of, but there was a record swap. <clears throat> and uh, I could probably get into this deeper, but there was a record swap in Boston. Um, 
mostly Boston folks, but uh, I was pretty close with some of them. And uh, me and my friend Dave, who's been on the show, Dave Ackerman, who's mentioned on this episode with Riley as well, we drove up because a record swap is just about the most fun thing you can do at age 19 uh, and being a hardcore kid in 2001. And so we went up and it was really fun. Uh, I remember there were a lot of people there and I'm not going to name them all, but it was really fun. It was a great time and it was great energy. And uh, Dave Murphy was there. And, you know, we had talked a number of times before that, but this was a really cool opportunity. I think he was really excited to see people from New Jersey there. Um, and uh, he reached into a bag. I think he actually went out to his car and came back. It was like, here, Bob, I want you to have this. And it was this old mouthpiece shirt he had um, that I think there's some really cool pictures from the later era mouthpiece where he's actually wearing the shirt in the in the pictures. Um, it's a white shirt. It says mouthpiece, what was said on the front. Mouthpiece in black and mouthpiece, what was said on the back in green. I, I hope I didn't flip those. I haven't looked at it in a while. But he gave it to me. And uh, I've never told him how meaningful that was. And how cool it was that he knew that I liked that band and they were a special band to him and he wanted me to have it. And it was just this really cool gesture. And um, I've gotten the chance to uh, to get pretty close with Dave over the years in different ways. I, you know, I stopped up at his, the, the deli he used to run and own in Summit, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we bonded a bit over music from doing this podcast and... Um, I want him to know that he's an important person. He's an important person to me. And even before I knew him, I respected him and I looked up to him. And then I got to know him and realized that on top of this cool dude, cool hardcore guy, he was a great person. And that's pretty fucking amazing. Um, and so all that is to say that Riley Gale was an amazing person. And he did a lot for almost everyone he came in contact with in hardcore. And um, that's kind of the center of what I wanted to touch on the impact on people around him. Uh, He came in contact with a lot of people and he had a profound impact on a great many of those people. He um, inspired people. He helped people. He was, kind to people for no reason other than that was his nature and he wanted to put that energy out into the world and uh i can't i can't understate how amazing that is and how important that is and i think many people involved in and around hardcore don't take the time to express how much the people around them in that capacity or otherwise mean to them or the impact they they've made on them beyond the VFW hall or beyond the, Hey, that was a great set or your new record is amazing. Um, And we're seeing this incredible outpouring of how important Riley was. And it's not like this was someone who I don't think, like, I think people showed that as much as they could before but but it's really just amazing how much he made an impact on people and i'm not totally sure that he felt it the way he like i i I just wish that he could see 
right now what 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 he meant to everyone and just just feel that you know not saying that would change a damn thing just just would want him i want everyone to feel that in their breathing moments you know um you know i i I often think we don't talk about the way and the reasons that people get involved in this space um the natural draw to it some of the tendencies of people i i know for myself i i feel very isolated a lot of times even even at these shows where you know i'm supposed to have a connection to these people or have this shared interest i i feel alone and i and i know there's other people i i think that's actually it maybe it's not the majority but i know it's a lot of people feel that way and it can be really hard and i i think for even the bravest faces that people put on or the desire not to not to get into this conversation that's kind of hard and heavy about how you feel and where you're at um it's a conversation that i think we all need to start having with each other um, in a in a way that makes it okay to talk about that to talk about the way you feel and the things you are thinking about and and if you feel by yourself so um that's more just a a broad message i wanted to take a serious moment to talk about that and and really express it because i I don't i don't think we've done a good job the collective the royal we of of punk hardcore subculture of encouraging people to talk about more than just the minutia of things and, and even the politics of things. I, I think those are all great things to talk about. I, one of the stated goals of doing this podcast was to encourage people to talk about the music they love and the music they don't, to be able to talk about that in a respectful or critical way with actual thought behind it. And, you know, if you don't like something, listen to it 10 times as hard so you can kind of figure out what you don't like about something. And if you love something, you know, pour yourself into that and express it. Don't feel like you don't have the words for it. Well, all that applies to the way we all feel too. Um, and I think it's not easy. I think it's probably harder. And um, so onto this episode, um, this was a couple of years ago. This was uh, around the time that Power Trip, I believe, was on tour with Sheer Mag and Fury and perhaps one other. Excuse me if I'm forgetting. Um, and that was a really cool afternoon. I actually... Uh, the title of the episode is Power Trip in Afternoon, originally, and we got a chance to hang out for most of the day. I picked up, I drove into the city and picked Riley up, and we uh, we actually drove over to my friend Andrew, who does a podcast overnight drive, to his house and recorded. I believe Patrick was actually in Alaska, um, house-sitting, and Tom was working, but it was the only time we could really make this the, the interview work, and I you know, really wanted to do it. Um, I don't remember much of the interview. I don't remember much of him being on other than it was fun and he was great. And, uh, but I do remember the drive. I do remember talking to him about this, that, and the other. Um, I remember on the drive, him talking to me about his parents and how much they meant to him and how supportive they were. Uh, I remember him talking to me about, uh, Greg from blocking out and what a good buddy he was and how he had, he was carrying this apple with him. Uh, <laughs> And he told me, he's like, yeah, you know, I wanted to do something funny that Greg would know was for him. And uh, and he's like, you know, I think I told him I was going to eat an apple. But he kind of 
he kind of chickened out because he didn't want to do it and be rude on the podcast. But I think we got him to do it at some point. Um, so uh, it was a really, it was a really good day, and it was a really great memory with with Riley, who's somebody who I had gotten to know a bit over the years. Um, I'm not going to dive too hard into all the the moments I had because they were moments, you know, like, like so many of these things, there's flashes. And uh, I've had really cool phone calls with him since this, that this was actually the last time I spent any meaningful time. I'd seen him out at sound and fury um, last year and the year before actually. Um, but my most meaningful memory of him at sound and fury uh, was the very first one in 2006. Um, I believe he might've roadied with bitter end, but he was part of this huge contingent of people from Texas who came out. And, uh, you know, I made a social media post that tried to illustrate this, but we can't really express how much that meant having people drive, I don't know, 20 hours (laughs) to come to this festival we were putting on. And that's when we knew we were doing something really cool, but we didn't need to just know that they told us and Riley uh, after the Sunday, the third day of the festival in 2006, so it's 14 years ago. That's ancient history, right? It's 14, yeah, 14. Um, he he came up to me, and he wasn't someone I really knew at that point, but you know, we had met, and he said some of the nicest stuff uh, that anyone said to us about the entire experience. And he expressed his gratitude. He thought that it was just this really cool experience. And he was unabashed and unencumbered to say that. And, you know, I don't think people know how much that means. It really does mean a lot. And then I got to know him over the years and see him and see, you know, and then we end up booking Power Trip a few times, uh, you know, as soon as they start going and watching it grow and watching what they were doing grow. And um, It's incredible. He he never. Somebody somebody said to me that that he felt larger than life, and you know what? Uh, plain speaking, he he is larger than life. His his impact is way beyond these mortal coils, right? But what made him so special was that at any point over the past ten years, you know, Power Trip really was a giant band. You know, I don't know if we all know this because of the way that they, as a band interacted and the way they carried themselves and the way they maintained themselves, but he could have totally disconnected and they could have totally disconnected from hardcore and just been metal and just been going after these big shows. And what really separated him was that he never, he never forgot how important, the world of hardcore and what he, how a place he found and cherished and he never forgot what it meant to him. And he never was disinterested in it. And he never gave up on the the things that he enjoyed about it. Um, and in fact, he gave back tenfold to what he took from it. So, um, so I hope everybody gets a chance to enjoy, uh, listening to him and feeling his spirit, uh, I plan on doing so tomorrow. Um, my heart really goes out to those of you who were lucky enough to call him a good friend. 
my heart goes out to his family. Um, the last time I got to talk to him was in June. And I'm just lucky I had that chance. Uh, thank you, everybody, and, and RIP Riley. Well, welcome to another episode of Axe to Grind. I believe this is episode 18. Um, My name is Bob. I'll be one of your hosts today. I'm Riley from Power Trip. I will be hosting also. And our third host? Uh, I am Andrew from Self-Defense Family, sometimes. Sure. So um, you might notice there's been some changes around here at the Axe to Grind offices. Um, Fear not, Tom is at work. Patrick is in Alaska and they'll be back. So, uh, but we didn't want to stop the music and keep things moving. So, uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, triple B records, Sam. Thank you. Uh, one of the best hardcore labels going, um, Riley, you put out a record with them. Yes, we did. Uh, we put out, uh, this thing called the Armageddon blues sessions, which was like six songs. We did, uh, four only made it onto a seven inch. That was, Released poorly, so Sam <laughs> Sam stepped in and helped us um, like get that thing. Poorly released properly. hardcore records, weird. Yeah, I know, shocking. Thanks, Double or Nothing. Okay, so uh, Sam stepped in. We're gonna recommend that one. He's great. Those are almost looks great. Almost sold out of the second pressing, but there are still some available. Go check it out. Um, you can use the Axe to Grind promo code, Axe to Grind. Spell it out at triplebrecords.limitedrun.com. Thanks again to Sam. Show him your support. Show support for our podcast by doing that. Um, guys, thank you for being co-hosts today. You're good at, you're good at that. Yeah, that, that was smooth. Yeah, that was, that was nice. Smooth. I can't do that shit to save my life. It's like, yeah. um, it's like a gift. No, you know what it is? It's from doing... I did business development at an insurance company <laughs> where I had right. to do webinars and speak the same things over and over. So if you want to know some like... Yeah, yeah. All right, and why you need classic car insurance, all right? Um, so... We're going to get started with some quick hits. Um, not, a, not a lot today, especially with co-hosts, new ones. Um, two things. Uh, the band Vane. Everybody familiar? Connecticut kind of metalcore stuff? Yeah. Not even a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Um, just it's announced. like Dillinger's Escape Plan, kind of? Or is it a lot less technical? No, yeah. pretty, ca- pretty technical. Um, I wouldn't say Dillinger. They get the comparison to Converge a lot. Okay. Um, being released by Closed Casket Activities. So oh, you get okay. that Albany love. Mm-hmm. Well, Respect. Troy, right? Yeah, right. I don't know where. I Last I checked, that dude was just living in the middle of the woods, which I think is like a nice look for him. <laughs> I, I agree. Do you have any Justin Loudon stories? I got tons of... I just lived through a really cool period in Justin Loudon's life where he we worked at the same screen printing spot. And he was just the most intense human being. Like he was just—he was like a comic book style intense. Like he really? was Cable from uh, from X Factor, um, <laughs> X Force, but no, no, whatever. Yeah, it's like kind of. Yeah. It's okay. And I, I didn't see him for a few years, and I came back, and he was—he was the most chill person I, I could find at the show. It was strange. He just he he burnt off all his nervous energy early. And oh, that's a good question. I wonder what the break was for him. So Justin, who does Close Casket, is a. Uh, Man, he keeps a low profile. We've met. He's always been very chill. Yeah, so I, I have not seen him in his wound up 
days. Oh my god, I could imagine it. He like immaculately kept chin strap and like army hat, just running the place like like down like clockwork. It was it was really insane. <laughs> you ever work at a screen printing shop, Riley? I have not. Oh man, you're missing a true you are. American shithead experience. Uh, <laughs> uh, after the first time we played This Is Hardcore, we had brought like pretty much all. We were gonna play This Is Hardcore and then do this tour. And we had uh, we had brought pretty much all the merch that we had for the whole tour. Ended up selling all of it. We had a race to a race to a screen printing shop and we did screen print a bunch of like tour merch all night. All right, so yeah. I think it's like. Uh... You probably got a taste of the experience. Now imagine that times infinity. Yeah, like it just never yeah. ends. Because there's, there's no almost, when you're doing time. it, you don't think there's an end in sight. This is just it. This is my life now. Oh my God. And it's basically the same thing forever. Yeah, I used to have, not exactly even nightmares, but just dreams about like big orders coming in and shirts blocking out my sunlight. Like <laughs> I, I, It would just be towers <laughs> upon towers of shirts for like... Hellfest or, or whatnot, and I, I had no son. It was wild. Yeah, it teaches you a lot of things about the, the rougher side of life. Like, this is this could be your life. Are you sure? Are you oh, yeah. sure? Yeah. A mutual friend, uh, my buddy Dave Ackerman. Yes. Sang in a, a band, a punk band, Tear It Up, and is currently singing in a band in Austin called Obedience. He worked, I got him the job, I'm sorry, Dave, uh, at a screen printing shop with me. And he did that, and then I moved to California, and him and he stays there and continues to do well and becomes basically like a master printer. If you gave that dude a ten color job to set up, he might still be able to do it today. Damn, right. he is brain broke. Where he just went, I can't do this forever. I need, and I think he took on like a job, like making less money to go work at an animal rescue. Now works in now that is, field. Uh, he's like the. Um... Yeah, so the singer Tear It Up is now um, like, like animal, animal control. control. Yeah. yeah, but he's like the main guy. They like bring him on TV. <laughs> he's the, he's they the bring animal him controller. On he's yeah. the yeah. He's like a chief animal controller. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. the mass control seven. They'll bring him on animal like control. the morning shows and stuff, and yeah. be like, "Here's what a raccoon looks like." In case you never opened a book, I was gonna say, or are blind. If he is the main animal controller, when's the last time you think he was actually in a crawl space? Like, oh, you know what? Maybe. Today? Yeah, Today? like really. Wow. Yeah. 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 Mix. All right. Frequent. Yeah. His Instagram's a good one There's to follow. There's all sorts of critters, critters, yeah, around in Austin. Yeah, so. and and like people who are like, you know what? I want to have as a pet an armadillo. Let me see if I can catch one. And now there's an armadillo in my house. So, yeah, he's got good stories. Nice. Um, so, I just had to Google him because I got him confused with another guy that I – I'm not going to say I assaulted him on the stage, but I definitely did, like, a violent act, too, really? on the stage, and it's not him. So, Are we going to get police line stories right now? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. This was, this was just sound guy stories. Oh, sound guy stories. Because the other side – we're going to talk about a band who has sound guy stories next, but um, back to this – uh, the Vane record came out, coming out on Closed Casket in June. Uh, it's crazy. I think he, as a friend of the program, he's sold a bunch of them. It's doing really well. Everybody should go check it out. I'm not into metalcore. I think everybody who listens to the podcast kind of knows that. But this record caught my attention. It's got a lot of energy. I actually kind of like the production on it in a strange way. Um, though I did see someone referred to them as Corn Verge today <laughs> so i don't know but yo in 2018 is that a compliment it might be it's 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I, you you could definitely bend it that way if you were inclined. <laughs> well, Patrick said it sounds like mud. Revi- revisionist <laughs> history is a funny thing now that you've got kids that were like, I mean, this year, kids who were born in 2018. Yep. And that's like that's an adult telling you what's cool now. Oh, you know, it's yeah. fucked up. And they're and they're, and they're nostalgic for like corn because they didn't get to see them back in their heyday. I get fascinated by things that thread the needle and become weirdo music. And I'm wondering if maybe corn has started to do that. You know, what I, you is know. the next step for corn though? Because because if you are if you uh, I don't know I, they yeah, still do tour of... circuits. Like oh, well, then they're still a thing if they're they torn. still play festivals. Like, but I am. 36. In 1998, I was 16. I was the prime age for that. I remember mm. making out with new metal girls who tried to play corn before we made out, and I thought it was weird. So, are you telling me a bunch of mid 30s, early 40s people are the people at the corn concerts now? Or is that moving on to the young oh, people? Most definitely. I we just did yes. it. Yeah, like, we just did a bunch of fests in Florida where it was like two of the days Godsmack was the headliner, and it was fucking like 40,000, 50,000 people or something like that. And were, were they kids was, or were they – They were – no, they were all middle-aged people like, like you know, like heyday, oh, like yeah, yeah Godsmack is playing. So I, I love Queens, right? Once you get yeah. those <laughs> – <once you get, laughs> when you get those people at a like, young, right age, they'll go see your band and that's for your fucking ever. Band. They'll go see you every uh, single fucking time. Every brand time I go and see bro- Queens, right? Brand it's new. always drywallers. It's right. always like middle-aged drywallers <laughs> and like yeah. and, and like their mamas, you know? That's, oh, my yeah. God. I'm easily <laughs> the youngest person in the audience. Something in the fumes, right? Yeah, so yeah. You're, Wait, for what band? Queens, right? Oh, Queens, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is my plan to just hijack this and turn this into like Amateur a blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all right. Um, do either of you guys like Converge? I liked Converge. Yeah. Like, I, I, I skipped new metal, but I did like Metalcore yeah. the first go round. I know. told him on the ride over that I was like, oh, man, we're going to kind of have a light on the Metalcore day. He's like, oh, damn, I kind of wanted in on that. But, <laughs> yeah, but we'll give him a little, him a little taste. But so Converge, did you hit Converge at all? Like, Converge totally missed me. Same. Uh, those guys have all been super nice to me mm-hmm. in personal life. So I, 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 I would cook them dinner, you know? Like, sure, I mean, but. so that guy, Jake, helped with uh, doing some design stuff for Sound of Fury one year and was a super nice guy. Always very pleasant when I've interacted with him. And all those guys seem like just nice people. Yeah. I never cared ever, and I, it was just because of the lane of stuff I was into. Yeah, it just wasn't my it wasn't my train to get on. That right, was just it. <laughs> See, that was the one where it was. Those were when I was getting into hardcore, more the harder side of things, where it was like you would see converge videos and be like, "That's where I want to be." Right, you had people like headwalking and doing. Yo, their stuff videos. That I had crazy. never seen yeah. people do it. Their shows, like they had that DVD you could buy a Hot Topic or something like mm-hmm. that. That. A friend gave to me, and I was like, "This is sick." I like that. I was like the live aspect more than I really did like jam their records. But so I don't know, Corn Verge or not. No. Corn Verge is a probably a, it's a backhanded compliment. <laughs> and yo, there might be a nineteen-year-old who's like, "That's hot," but that's so that's cool. cool. Some kid's gonna see that and be like, "That sounds right in my eye." There's also a thing with guitar music now. No matter. No matter how straight you play guitar music, you're two wrong moves from from uh, whatever fucking Family Values tour. That's right. Like, no matter what, there's no safe distance from it. So if you lean even a little bit that way, yeah, you get Corn Verge. Well, so my comment, because I got to hear some of the tracks on this Vein record, it's cool. It's definitely outside of like what I typically like. I think people will dig it. They recorded with Will Putney. 
So that kind of says what yeah. it sounds like, you know, a little bit. So it's a, a big production. It's clean. But listening to the song, I went, you know what? These are dudes from like Connecticut, Massachusetts, some Western Mass, I think. And I said, if these dudes wouldn't recorded the same song at West at uh, Dead Air with Will Killingsworth, I feel like it could appeal to that like spastic, maybe like youth attack records yep. type person mm, too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It might, they did have like a break beat. So I don't know how that would fly. We might need to get into like uh, electro clash, yeah. but, uh, uh, but I, I do think it's feedback, interesting. No problem. <laughs> Six tracks of feedback. No. So um, Vane shout out. Uh, curious to see what you guys do. They're doing that big code orange tour coming up. So that, I think that'll do well for them. Go for it. Um, one other quick hit before we get into like some more general chatter. Madball has a new record coming out in June on Century Media. Any thoughts? Andrew, let's start with you. <laughs> Silence is dead. <laughs> um, I think it's really cool. I'm glad Madball is still doing Madball shit. I'm also I'm glad that Century Media exists in that world now. It seems like they they kind of disappeared off the map for a minute, but now they're yeah. on their way into something really strange. Well, I think it's neat. The the Europeans are stoked. Okay, for sure. Yeah. Give us your perspective That's on Century my, Media and Madball separately. Uh, um, mm, I love Madball. We shared a whole we shared a bus with them for like two weeks in, really? in January. Wow, we did that persistence tour oh, with with right. Hey Breed, Madball, and Terror. So we were on the bus with Madball. It's fucking awesome. They're great. They killed it every night. Um, Heard like, they're nice dudes as long as you don't like yeah. get in their way. Dude, it wasn't even like that. You yeah. know, like <laughs> Freddie was like offering stuff up to us. You nice. know, Hoy always made sure that we had weed. It was great. Like that was the I only thing is that I heard some dude uh, was trying to give Hoya a hard time about smoking weed, and Hoya's response was, "You know when it's time for me to smoke weed? Whenever the fuck I want and wherever the fuck I want." So yeah. good answer. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're with I, that. I, I pretty much feel the same way. <laughs> you so, and Hoya, like we got along great. Yeah. So they were awesome. Yeah. New record, but the new record stuff. I, I, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where, um, Madball is one of those bands where a lot of people get into and buy more into like the older stuff. They like the nostalgia kind of Madball, but like other parts of the world absolutely want to hear new Madball songs. So that's cool. They should still be putting out records, and they do. The the last yeah. one was only what. Not Probably, even five years ago. Oh, I mean, maybe two or three. Yeah, like yeah. That, you know? Was that I legacy? About that. Something like, yeah. like Madball and I guess the Cro-Mags still like fill things up in in Europe pretty regularly. Sure. Why don't those dudes all just live in Barcelona? Oh, good question. I mean? why, yeah, why wouldn't you? Why are they still trying to fucking like hold on to their rent-controlled apartment in Alphabet City? Just move to fucking like sick of it all, that. right? Sick of it all is a good example. Yeah, like sick of all should just move to Europe. Yeah, because they would up. kill it. I would just that, do that. Be so much happier. That, I promise. That dude, um, oh, what's his fucking name? Carl from uh, Terror and First Blood. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Blood. He straight up did that. He just moved to like Belgium or something like that. Oh, and Dwid too. Dwid, right? Yeah. Great. But, idea. Yeah. Great. So I mean, this is sure. a question for both you dudes since you've been in bands who are kind of like long in the tooth, long tenured. How long has Power Trip been a band now? We're ten years this year. Damn. Yeah, I know. Like, do you fear that at the point of being like, like, here's my take. Madball's doing a new record. Cool. I might hear. I might not. I'm not not really changing my opinion on Madball one way or the other. Right. And and if somebody's like, yo, it's really awesome, I'll probably go. Oh, I'll check it out. Sure. But like, do you fear that point where? It's not oh Power Trip's got a new record oh Self Defense has a new record, it's oh they put they're putting out a new record. Mm. 
it'll it'll i i honestly think it'll be like it, i think for all of us we're all kind of like everyone in our band's just sort of this has gone so far beyond what we ever expected it to yeah we're gonna put we're a pin like, on that and talk let's about just it yeah. go as hard as we can and and when it when it feels like it's not fun or it tapers off or something then we'll just fucking scale back like i have a college degree i don't like I, i'm not scared that if the band ended tomorrow that i'd be like oh my god there's 10 years of my life down the drain like yeah. you know i'd be fine i'd be i'd be able to make it work and i think everybody else in my band would be able to make it work too so for us it's kind of like let's just see where we can take this motherfucker and yeah. then if it if it reaches a point where it's like okay we're not touring as much people want to hear older songs or like there isn't a demand for a record. We just we're not gonna force shit down through people. No, but like artistic, I never want to do that. But like artistically, like it's not not. Let's like, say you guys it is the well running dry. It, no, 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 no. Like this, you peaked out as far as touring success, quote unquote. But you're still like fuck it. We still love doing Power Trip. Yeah. We still want. We still got records. Mm, still do I it. Don't, I don't see that <laughs> don't happening know. for yeah. us. I I, I see. I see us being like, oh shit, we gotta write another record. Okay, here we go, and like hope that we can like pull something together. Was this last record hard to write? Well, I can't really say much because it's mostly Blake and and Chris on guitar and drums writing everything. Blake's usually got the riff ideas, and then they kind of um, get loose song structures. I'll come in, and then we'll figure out like the timing for like vocal patterns and stuff like that but it actually came together a lot easier than the first one yeah because blake and i had never done an lp before that this was our second time around so we were a lot like wiser and knew what we were gonna yeah, do in the yeah, studio yeah. blah 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 so it, it, it was it wasn't that bad actually um i mean it's still recording a full length which is hard as shit yeah and really irritating but no it went it went okay the thing is is i think we're kind of like all right I don't know if we have any new tricks or ideas. We're gonna have to like really start digging. Oh, because you're starting to, you're gonna start thinking about a new record, I guess. Yeah, we got to. After yeah. this tour is over, we're gonna like take a break and then start writing new stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Out on an island. Mm-hmm. Is self defense? Do you ever fear that the artistic? Ugh, no. No, no. It's it's the lane we're occupying is likely gonna be the lane we all perish in, in which is in good fast. which yeah, is fucking great cool. yeah it takes a lot of pressure off uh yeah no I, I i get weird when people actually like it and like want more uh which is a little counterintuitive it's all right yeah no it's, it's just no criticism yeah, I, I i don't i don't trust the uh i don't trust the person that that gives me praise um but no it, it doesn't really bother me no, I, I don't I promise on a long enough like ergodic timeline, you will get every record that you've got possible for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, you like it or not. So we can't. I guess we can't talk names. No, but, probably not. But I you mean, got. I, I I will certainly say a name, and then you'll like make a like a yeah 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 yeah. Which is okay. We're just gonna bleep yeah. things. You got an offer to tour with a band. Yeah. Yes. Was that weird? Uh, this is a, a, a seminal can band. Can I get a hint? No, I'm not um, gonna, yeah, 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 we can yeah, just type, type it in, and then I'll go, it was cool, but it oh, was damn. also, it actually made me sad, because uh, one of the guys who used to play with us loves them, like, is, dude, you were gonna go out with Marilyn Manson? Fuck! Yeah. That's fucking <laughs> Big fans! God damn it, alright. Uh, yeah, no, I, we had a guy who used to play with us who loves them, so I, that's gonna be, like, a sad thing. If that's Is that happening? Happens. I don't know. I think I'm it should. I'm not going on it, so it's Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter, thing. dude. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it matters. You've got such a good spot, and I, I, can I say this? 
So Andrew's position in end of year in self defense family is that you are a part of the writing process a lot of the sometimes. time. Sometimes um, you are part of the general band in the in the ether, but you go on tours when you can or want to. Pretty much, yeah. And that's just that must be nice. Sort of how it works. Yeah, uh, frontman doesn't exciting. get that choice. I like it a lot. <laughs> would uh, Would you do that if you could? Like, I'm going to sub out for this one, guys. I'm going to stay. Oh, yeah. I, this is a perfect time to ask. No one is worthy to sub in for me. <laughs> you got, you just gotta, you I don't know who could do in. it. And then the. the no, the that's, that's arrogant. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> I've, you know, I've missed. I have missed three shows who in sang? our career. Um, we had. Uh, I was our first tour. Um, I. I got this call. I was working for Bank of America and their loans department during the loan bailout, which I later learned oh, oh, I was oh, helping oh, like a bunch of yeah, underqualified boy. people take enormous amounts of money and probably me. getting pat on the back for oh, it. Great yeah. job, Riley. Oh, great. I had no idea. We saw the movie The Big Short afterwards, and then I was like, "This is what we were doing," and we knew <laughs> something was wrong. We we're like, "These people are taking like a two million dollar loan in their collective like." Yearly income is like was like eighty thousand dollars or something like that. We're like, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. But we so really I, want this house. But but I, I was on tour and they called me and they're like, you need to come back or we're gonna fire you. And I was like, fuck, I because I wasn't at the point where I mean I I was losing thousands of dollars for us to go on tour. So I flew home. I missed three shows, um, and we had guys from Downpressor and Minus fill in who were on the tour with us. Another time, I missed um, a flight from Toronto to Paris to start a tour, so I missed the first day of a European tour. Mm. And I think, like, Blake and Nick, the guitar players, sort of tried to do some vocals and stuff. But no, like, straight-up, like, karaoke kind of situation. No. But I always think that's interesting when the band has a different singer just for a minute. Yeah. It's happened. I'm into oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we did um we did a full U.S. tour with, with David Wood singing for Terror. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, that's kind of cool. It's you know, it's awesome because when you think about it, you've seen Terror probably like thirty times or something more. Sure. You know, I like, I'll walk down the street and accidentally run into a Terror show. <laughs> you know, it's great. It's awesome because I, I love those guys. But like, uh, it was cool getting to see it with Dave because it's like, all right, it's at least all these songs oh, that totally I know. Right? Yeah. Like, but with Dave doing it, so it was fun. Yeah. You know, so. I mean. I mean, Scott's the best, but like embrace was, difference, embrace little, change, yeah, folks. Exactly. Yeah, so. it, was, it was fun. Um, all right, so Madball's got a new record coming out. Right. Uh, we may or may not hear it, but it's cool. Do you have a favorite Madball record? Um, yeah, probably, probably demonstrating my style. Okay. It's the classic. Everyone likes. Do that. you have one? No, 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 nothing. I did sound for them once, and it was a lot of fun. But that's the the entirety of my Madball. Exposure. That 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 speaks volumes to your quality as a sound man. Oh, that's okay. So, <clears throat> I believe I have seen Madball in the last decade, probably four or five times, and the sound man has gotten punched two of those times. I'm not surprised. Right. The so thing I remember most about it. Actually, the only really thing I I remember is that Freddie would would do his thing and in between songs he would put the microphone down by his knee which is where the stage monitor was and he needed loud stage monitors because he's been doing this for I don't know like 30 years it's probably deaf as shit at this point sure so he would put the microphone down while the stage where the stage monitor was and it would feed back and he would lift it up to his mouth and go what the fuck is that and then put yeah. it back down so you the saw the you saw the train coming it down the tracks wild um but they were all really chill yeah no one tried to like swing on me it was uh, it was alright good have you ever had a moment where you thought you might swing on a sound man? 
sound man. No, because I don't care how. All all <laughs> I have to do is put in earplugs, and if I can hear the band, everything's good. But there's been moments where uh, other members have probably wanted to or almost have. But you're like, I don't care. I don't care. Typical front man. Yeah, totally. Um, well, so those are the quick hits. Uh, I was thinking of different stuff we could dig into, talk about, but I really like the casual vibe. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about was Texas. Because okay. you were originally from yeah. Texas. Uh, yeah, I'm born and raised in Texas. My my parents are actually from like Detroit in the Midwest. Okay. You but... don't have a crazy Texas accent. No, no, no. Why Most not? Most people don't because, well... Is they, it a second-generation they... type thing? No, I think it's more so like the... the which I guess I'm actually first-generation. But mm-hmm. um, uh, it's just that city... City people really don't really have them. It's more so like out in the west oh. and the Panhandle, and like, you know, like there's plenty of of it out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I just don't have one. Okay, I mean, so I'll say y'all. You'll hear me say y'all. Y'all, y'all's getting into the the regular the lexicon. Regular lexicon, sure. yeah. My father's from South Boston. Was from South Boston, and he lived in Denver for like five years, and he was started saying <laughs> y'all. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just like. Cool. This is cool. I'm doing this. I'll punch Good it. I'll punch it up at shows in like Germany or something, just because it seems a lot funnier to do. I'm like, howdy, y'all. I'll be like, I'm a, uh, I'm Cowboy Riley, and I will be reading, leading you down this trail of riffs for the next forty five minutes or so. So you can slip it like, in a little bit. Yeah, I can. Okay. I can. I can go in and out of it if I need to. Okay. All right. So tell us about. People think I sound from like I, people think when people say something they're like you sound like you're from the Midwest. So that's, that's where my family is. Well, and, from. and that's what I want to make a comment. I spend tons of time there. Dallas is Texas, but it's way more Midwest than There's than the so rest of the Texas. There's so many Midwest transplants too, like tons of them. And like I don't think Texas is the South. It's its own it's thing. Its own thing. Yeah. It is its own thing. Totally, it's totally its, own thing. its own thing. But Dallas has more in common with St. Louis or Chicago oh, than it is. Interesting, yeah. Oh, yeah. Inter- interesting <laughs> fact. Uh, if if like we didn't, if our state wasn't gerrymandered to hell, uh, we would be a blue state. Like if Dallas, you think? County, it's, oh, it's, it's numbers like popular vote Dallas County. Travis, which is Austin, mm-hmm. um, I forget which one is Houston. I'm sorry. And Barrett San Antonio, all, yep. all they're they all vote blue. That's and right. It's, it's all the little they get all those tiny districts out in the West and the Panhandle, and that's how it stays a Republican state. But it, like it, it, it should be. All right. So you're a life for Texas, dude. I lived in San Antonio for like a year and a half. Andrew, what's your Texas experience? Uh, toured through a few times. Toured through a few times. Any any work Wait, trips? I went on vacation in Austin once. That was, <laughs> that was the extent of my Texas experience. All right, so I don't got a bone to pick because I actually – people say this to me and are like uh, – because I've, I've even – you know, I, I'm like, Albany, I'd live there. Sure, why not? Um, so, you know, my friends from New Jersey are like, Bob's a weird dude. He'll just find the best part – I did like certain things about living in San Antonio. I like uh, Hill Country, really nice. Oh, being able to cool. being able to drive up to Austin, awesome, cool city. San Antonio kind of sucks. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I always get this like uh, sick feeling when I get into San Antonio city limits. <laughs> Me and our merch guy Hood are always like, oh god, I don't feel good. Yo, it's Me the neither. is it? And it's like, it's so in San Antonio, aren't we? So yeah, Houston. Yeah. Is like the third or fourth most populous city in America. Right. Dallas is like f- fifth, fifth or sixth. Or sixth. Um, San Antonio is like 
eight, nine, ten, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And Austin is like thirteen. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Austin's it's crazy. Tiny, but it's like they are just stacking people on top of each other. Tiny, right but now. yeah, exactly. And it, but you look at like the city limits of San Antonio, and I think Dallas is this way. Dallas is like Dallas a mega massive. It's it's a it's a metroplex to DFW. You know, right. Dallas, yo, what's Fort what's the deal? Oh, so first, let's start I with consider, the airport. I consider it the North Texas, what I would call the North Texas Triangle, which is basically you have right there in the center of North Texas is Dallas, and then if you go up and to the west a little bit about 45 minutes you've got denton which is um where i went to college and then down um more west about 45 minutes from dallas purely west and denton southwest is fort, fort worth. worth right and so that makes the kind of the metroplex with Huge. the outerlying suburbs. It's and Arlington's right in between Dallas and Al- Fort Worth. Uh, Arlington's right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. All right. So so San Antonio, it, 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 the worst of those four cities. In my opinion, yes. But to be fair, the least I've seen out of all four cities. And okay. I've been going there a lot, but it's it's always just like go to the venue. Like it's I've never okay. gone around and been like, what is – all right, San so let me. Antonio culture, like you know, <laughs> the so. Riverwalk is fake. Um, yeah, it's it's, gross, it's so. garbage. I, at the time we went down to visit before we moved there, they had drained it, so that was a really good experience. Um, I smelled fantastic. Fantastic, and it was like, oh, you got to see the Riverwalk, and they're like, oh, it's drained. <laughs> All right. Um, they got wild dogs running everywhere in the city. That was a cultural breaking point for me. Um, they have one really good vegetarian restaurant. I was super disappointed in the Mexican food. Uh, go Spurs Go. That's fun. Um, otherwise, not a whole... Oh, there's a really good uh, flea market on the city limits, kind of yeah, on the way. but what city doesn't have, like, a cool flea market? <sighs> I don't know, man. I, does Dallas, Dallas might have some. Dallas you guys has have the some dirt. sickest ones. You does can it? get the coolest bootleg shit. Like, okay. so much good, like, See, I want just weird stuff. What parts, was it? Electronics, like... <laughs> it, it go, those things go off. All right, so nice. San Antonio's at the Pretty bottom. Sure you can buy a gun. I don't I'm know. sure you can buy a gun at any flea market in Texas. You just got to know who to ask. Easily. Houston is my third at the bottom. It's because I like Dallas more than I like Houston. Okay, that's that's a lot of people don't say that, but I believe that to be true. Okay, what do you think? Have you been to either? Or give us some opinions here. Uh, only one I've been to of those is Houston, which okay. was it was pretty rough. I've I've told the story in podcast before, but that's where my friend Hans almost got stabbed for not buying drugs from somebody on a four wheeler. Which was like a really, like we like were on a quad. A show at uh, it was like a, a service station that was turned into like a squat or something. And he he walked in like white as a ghost. It was like we have to go now. I'm like what is what's the problem? And I looked behind him, and there was some giant guy like prowling the crowd looking for him. So we had to. Uh, we we do we just skedaddle as the locals say. That's amazing. Uh, turn around, don't drown, Houston. Uh, I went to a really big mall there. Um, Houston's actually got a really good um, like museum and art scene. Okay, that's one thing a lot of people don't know. And food. Okay, what kind of food scene yeah. too? It's odd. It's all all over the place. Modern, okay. just whatever. Just I like Houston a lot. It is very big. The the traffic is a nightmare. It floods. And yeah, sitting on really I-10, hot. sitting on I-10 in traffic through Houston was a nightmare. Like, 
Dallas is kind of just a bit of a, a less hectic Houston, in my okay. opinion. I like the art scene in Dallas. There's some stuff going there's on. There's some cool shit. Yeah. Not like full on, but there's some interesting modern like, stuff going not on. Not like any like any anything like public. Like we have this big stupid eyeball that sits in the middle of downtown. And I think that's kind of silly. But like the Fort Worth Modern, that's uh-huh. a really great great spot. Um the Dallas Modern is good too. They just opened up that Perot like National Hist or Natural Science and History Museum, and that's supposed to be like really fun to go through for like everyone, like all ages. So what? So, so what? I haven't been yet. All right. So tell me, what's the if you're in Dallas as a visitor, if, or if you okay, have someone you're so showing when, around? So like when show? bands come to Dallas, right? They're probably playing this area called Deep Elm. Are you familiar with it? Yes. Okay. So yeah, Deep Elm's like right outside of downtown Dallas, and that's where. Um, like Blind Lemon Jefferson, this old you know blues guitarist got his yeah. start, and they it, it used to be this old like blues and kind of like grimy bar scene. When I was coming up, there's this place called the Galaxy Club and this place called Red Blood Club that I would go to a lot. Great names. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, a lot of like uh like dance clubs and like hip hop clubs like started to move into the area and take up these big spaces and then there would be like shootings and stabbings like every night. So we'd be going to a show mm. and then it would be like there'd be like paddy wagons on every block and like you know, like we'd get into all sorts of fights and shit like that and, and then and then they kind of like the city just like nuked the area. It was like, all right, we're gonna just shut everything here down. Just made it impossible. So some some like some of the tattoo shops survived. A couple of places managed to cling on. Like Red Blood Club eventually closed. Galaxy, a lot of these places. So why? I mean, they just didn't. That like was the, They, they didn't like the influx of that kind of culture. Yeah, that yeah, and it's it, it it was it was problematic. Like I mean, there was there was like plenty of times where like like. People that tried to rob like a group of us, and we we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, like, and, and then you know, like just typical hardcore kids getting into fight with other people, and sure. Uh, but uh, that was like so. Anyway, it's back now, and it's pretty cool. Um, it's it's just it's mitigated much, a little bit. Little I bit hope mitigated. It's pretty. It looks like uh, uh, Sixth Street, Austin. If you've ever been there, so of it's, a night, it's a nightmare now. But it's a lot of people. Like Friday and Saturday nights, it's it's brutal. But I would say for lunch, I always tell people to go to this place called Two Sisters, which is okay. this, this um, their catering company. But they like open for lunch and put out the extra stuff, so the menu like is changing every day, nice or week or whatever. It's better to go early in the week when they they've got fresh stuff. But it's just the best kind of like sort of diner cafeteria style place that you could go to. And you can get like I don't know. A quesadilla one day, or like smoked salmon, whatever they've got. They do a lot of, uh, they got like twenty salads, vegan, vegetarian options, all this cool shit. So that's that's one of my favorite places. Depending on what you want to do, so like, what do you want to do, like what for the day? Do you want to like go, you know, damn, this is a shopping. Tough no, I don't think do anybody. Like, do people still go record, shopping like in two thousand eighteen? Shopping, well, like or or like you know, like yeah, like alternative like culture. When we when we when we pull up anywhere, our guitar player goes to and finds the nearest record shop. And, Still and in 2018. Every, every day. He yeah, he's he's been on a big singles. Yeah. He's on a big singles kick right now, buying a lot of like like obscure like Brit pop and Americana. Well we get asked that. So we got asked that on the um in the podcast emails, like where do you guys go when you're on tour? I don't think Patrick's ever bought anything other than bread on no, tour. He goes and he buys an avocado and then sits at like a Whole Foods and just yeah. eats the one avocado over yeah. the course of four hours. And Tom, Tom, I don't, he hasn't done touring in a while. So, you know, 
when I went on tours, I would go. I, I would, you know, I, the last tour I went on was with end of year, but before that, I toured with this band, Righteous Jams, who's familiar. We're going to get to that story. Oh, yeah. Half the band would go to the gym. The other half would weird around and go find a local record store. So I would do that. But what's the record store in Dallas? Uh, is there one? The coolest one to go to is this um, this place, Bill's, Bill's Records and Tapes, which used to have uh, a location in Richardson where I'm from. Richardson? Richardson. That's like the, the, the city just outside north of Dallas city limits. Bill's Records and Tapes used to be this. This guy's just absolutely stunning record collection where pretty and CDs and everything was on sale, but like he nothing was organized or priced. Nice. If you wanted to find stuff, you literally had to dig for hours, but you could find incredible stuff. I used to Daniel Rosen from Bitter End used to just have me drop him off there and he would spend eight or nine hours there. And then he would hide records. Oh, like he would come he, back he had for like it. a like a like a sealed like like First press like born to ex- like leeway born yeah, to expire, yeah. like a like a really like mint condition like game over nuclear like nuclear assault game thought, over yeah. record and, and like and then have me go back and buy them and then and then send them to him or whatever. That's amazing. Yeah, but he moved to a place uh, a Dallas location that's like right across from the 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 central police station, which is weird. But he <laughs> uh, another fun fact about Bill is that he's into young boys, so like. If you um if you like went up there with like a shirt, and you're like, oh, can I try this on? I can't tell if it's like would really fit. And be like, yeah, but only if you model it for me. You know, good for like you, that. Bill. All right. Yeah, Bill. yeah. Hey, no matter flirted, how long flirted, the one. Flirted with them a little, you get the hookup. You know. You so could, you like, know this route. Good for you. Bucks. Like, I got a problem with that shit. No I'll, way. I'll flex it, baby. <laughs> I didn't have any problems. I bought a lot of good. All right, so what? What is me. the biggest? Because you just said that's just the coolest, like mo- most unique. Kind of the the guy's been around for forty something years. So, but if someone has one day to go to Texas, you're sending them to what city? Mouthful of Apple. Austin. Austin. If I'm being honest, you got you. Yeah, yeah. You you have to be nice about it. If I'm being honest it. with myself, it's Austin. Austin's a cool city. Uh-huh. Andrew, you went on vacation there? Yeah, it was fine. I, I, I went specifically when there was no festivals or music of any kind happening. Smart it man. Was, it was fine. It was Smart okay. man. Getting to live in San Antonio and I'll let my man eat some apple here. Um, Austin was, I don't know, 60 miles, 70 miles from San Antonio, something like that. Yeah, it's like a, a little over an hour. A little over yeah. an hour. I would make that drive in a heartbeat because there was so little going on in San Antonio. We used to dro- drive to Dallas, and it got to the point where I'm like, yo, me and my partner, I was like, are we boring? Because we're willing to drive 300 miles, 250 mm-hmm. miles to Dallas just because there's something happening something there. to do. Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, I do. But so... Austin, cool stuff, cool nature stuff. It's also cool smaller. Stuff. You can just yeah. knock out so much. So Music easily. festivals, any kind of things that are happening, right. it's a nightmare. Nightmare. Oh. I actually, do you remember there was um, that Tyler, the creator show where that, that, that drunk driver drove through the crowd and killed like four people at a South by Southwest? It's bizarre that I don't remember. That. Yes, I know. So Same it, was, it was pretty... It was a pretty big deal, at least in Texas, but I actually saw this happen. Like, I oh, saw shit. the wreck and everything. This, this drunk driver got pulled over, and he tried to take off. He, he, turn, he turned on the Red River, was racing down. There's the show at the Mohawk. It was sold out. I had a, I had a friend with an inn. I was just chilling, hanging out with, um, actually, my friend Sandy from Fucked Up. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, 
I just heard this car peel around the corner and then just like this guy just drove through this crowd of people and the only way I could really describe it is like what it looks like when you do that in Grand Theft Auto. Like it was oh like God. bodies and he hit hit like 13, 14 people. Damn. Um killed I'm, I'm, killed four. Uh, uh, it was really brutal. But like that's what those that that's what those festivals have become. Like that's what that crazy. shit is. I haven't gone to a South by Southwest since that happened. Because I was Do like, we nope. Feel like somewhere in the darker parts of his mind, Tyler the Creator was watching that and said to himself, "Fuck, I should have vined that." I'm like, fuck, <laughs> no. I, that was perfect opportunity <sighs> to vine that, no, and I missed I, it. And now, <laughs> no. I was just holding back from making Grand Theft Auto jokes. Like it's too realistic because I realized but it was like I, a whole I, bunch of people died. It was uh, weird. All right, because it it, uh. it, it it was very surreal in my <laughs> mind to see that happening. I never thought I'd see anything like that. Um, fun fact: a girl that I used to like make out with in like seventh grade. So Eighth true makeouts was, with like, like just yeah, like we're making out, over make the out like yeah. oh yeah old school over the clothes make out. Um, she uh, was like a first responder. She was like in that in that line sort of area, but didn't get struck. And then like she like helped save some person's life Damn. and got an award from the city. Shout I out! I won't drop her name. No shout out. She yeah, knows who she is. Thanks for listening. But, yeah. Um, just no way in hell. She's, so, a, she's such a civilian now. I love it. It was great. It was cool. I was like, what? so, all right. So, Austin, you, you get the gold star of Texas. Yeah. Big thanks. Stay away yeah. from the festivals. But I think one of the last times I actually interacted with you, I, I don't know, it was probably Chaos and Chaos. Yeah, the last one. Was it the last one? I don't know. I, I, I never went. I think it was the year Bastard played. Oh, that was like. Yeah. Or maybe the year yeah. after that. I don't know. I went, I, a bastard played and I had to go. They're all such a blur now. I know. Yo, so Chaos and Chaos is such a weird thing to try to explain. Is it still around? No, no, he stopped doing been. it. Honestly, he went out gracefully in the coolest way. Mm-hmm. Timmy, shout out. He's not listening, but if he is, um, he just was like, I think I've done everything I can do. I mean, like, like, true. F- yeah. Forrest Gump style. Like, I've run he, across he the country. And I think I'm done. And was like, I th- yeah, I don't know if I can do it better than that. Yeah. He always would say he would be like, if I thought I could put together a better festival, I would bring it back. But he's just like, I just don't think I can make it ever as cool as. That yeah, was. and I mean that's such a cool vibe that he did that. Um, but he got so much stuff. But it really felt like a uniquely Austin event. I don't think you can do that yeah. anywhere else. He kind of set the model for a lot of those like more like punk fest where it's like, like oh, not dead yet or yeah. Damage City for sure. Yeah, yeah I don't think they'd even sure. I don't think they'd even deny that. No, know? no, no. I don't. No, no. I don't think so either. Is but, that something that's missing? Because that was like a big. I thing think it's a happened. great model for festivals. I but like I mean it. in Texas. Oh, um, wait. Repeat that. Like the. Like, do you think Chaos and Chaos, the fact that it's not around, is that like a bummer? Because it was such a big deal. That was, that was, you know, that was like my early 20s where it was like, that was the best times of my life. Like, so it's like hard to sit there and be like, you know, or the best shows anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. That was the golden era of like Texas hardcore and punk pretty much. I agree. And I think, I think so it's like hard to compare now, but you know. I'm 32 now. I don't know what like what what means to kids in like uh, that are like 22. Now. Age is a hell of a the, thing. There's that fest in um 
in Oklahoma, everything is not okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a lot of like a lot of bands I don't know about. Some some bands I'm friends with, but it's all way more on the weirder punk end of things. But it's been doing really well. It's That's still cool. kind of like kind of got a, like an early chaos or like not yeah. dead yet vibe. Yeah. So yeah, I those are those are fun because then you're not just stuck in somewhere like in some shitty dusty park or anything. Thing like that, you know. So you, Those are the worst. All right, you've now been in the festival circuit for a while. Not even in the circuit. We got. We did. Let me. Let, we did, <laughs> we've only done. We did a Hellfest in okay. in in Paris one year, and then we've done like fun, fun, fun a couple times. But as far as like festivals, big stuff goes, we just did these like three. Like one was called Fort Rock. The other was called Welcome to Rockville, and the other was called Carolina Rebellion. And they were all they were all sponsored by Monster. Thank you, Monster. There it is. And uh, I think the names speak for themselves. The uh, Rockville and Fort Rock uh, was the one where Godsmack headline, which they tastefully had. All I could describe was um, concussive bombs going off during their set. <laughs> they weren't pyrotechnics. They weren't like any like it was just like these like concussive blasts. Somebody that just bought like yeah. People were freaked out. People yeah. thought they they were like bombs. It was like Tannerite or something like that. I don't know. Just something that was just like <laughs> it was deafening. So that was that was great. I saw a guy at an NRA hat working backstage in Florida. I was like, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, just wearing an NRA hat to a fucking music festival in Florida. That's not. You know, yeah, it's so tasteful. Yeah, so that's the here's the thing the people behind those festivals mean well and they're really sure. nice, but they're just not from like the same world that we're from. No, and so I mean, this is actually and it's a funny cool thing. when they invite us and they take good yeah. care of us, and you, you know, get paid well, you I'm get sure. paid well, fantastic, really well. You know, you ever play any whack ass festivals? Uh. I mean, we've played plenty of whack ass festivals too. I mean, but yeah, yeah. every festival feels a little whack to me. <laughs> yeah. It's not my world. So uh yes, definitely. But I don't know, they're they're always pretty chill. I just when I go to them, I just wanna like see people I haven't seen for a couple of years and like lay in the grass. And they I, that yeah. usually allows me that that experience. So they're they're pretty alright. Yeah, I think it's about you uh you have to dictate your own flow as much as you possibly can. Yeah. You know, like the punk or hardcore festival, because we were just talking about like chaos and like <clears throat> You know, whatever, uh, hardcore festivals will come up and stuff. But, like, then you get to, you know, the giant... How many people were at that Carolina Rebellion thing? Holy shit. So 20,000? No, I think more. Jesus. It's massive. But the worst part is, is we get relegated to, like, this side stage. So, like, only, like, a thousand people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, we gave you a great slot. You're on at 630. Oh, by the way, you're playing up against, like, um, I don't know. Allison Chains or something. Fucking, yeah, That's not what happened, yeah. but something similar. Something big. Some yeah. band I had never heard of that someone was like, oh, they're popular. And I was like, great. Yeah, fantastic. Now we just get I to I think play. it was a band called Hailstorm. Nope. See? Yep. Nope. Not even. Not a clue. Didn't move the needle a bit. No, no yeah. not hitting. So, like, to me, that kind of stuff. Oh, it's weird. We had to do a signing two times. 
That is really with weird. like monster girls get... around. <laughs> How yeah. do you one? Okay, and so this again and with like okay. printed out <laughs> promo photos. Yeah, go. Come on. Wow. Come on. We like. I'm talking, all right. So we're t- not talking like this. Like fun, fun, fun. Fyf cutesy. Like yeah. Well, fest. Uh, I'm talking. This is the rock and roll fucking edge fest real deal shit going on right. So now, yeah. Man. So what I wanted to say was two things. Fyf got canceled. Did you guys see that? No, but I don't so it got oh, canceled. I, I, I'm not it's not my shit, anyways. It wasn't. Apparently, the dude who started FYF, I'm not going to name him, but you can get his name out there. He was sort of like hardcore adjacent. Like, he was sort of, yeah. Yeah, you know? And he started that, and that shit fucking exploded. Well, fun, fun, fun is the same thing. Graham right. Williams. Yeah. Graham now, Williams. Now, FYF, oh, not to confuse the two, two very different things, because we're about to go into. Accusations. FYF, fun, dude. Fun got canceled too. Are we? Con- are you? No, no, no. So I'm it not. happened to both of us. Yeah, Whoa. I think so. Because I think it's. I think there's a certain saturation on this shit, and you got to stay magic. FYF, um, he sold to Golden Voice, big mm. production company. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, they're still around. You know, today. This dude, the dude who started FYF, gets accused of being a creep, grabbing girls, doing fucked up shit. He's cut. Golden Vice still tries to do FYF and fails miserably. Because of that? or I mean, I think low ticket sales. They, yeah, low ticket sales. I mean, and it's sort of like, I don't know what this dude, you know, whatever it was, he was doing it right for a long time. I'm not saying he should have been doing it. He shouldn't have been doing it. He was a creep. But, like, you lose that, and then big faceless company tries to do it, and they aren't going to catch it. You know, and something new will come out and do capture a different vibe of today better you know there's definitely like a, a shelf life for all those fests i mean what besides like some weird euro fest america doesn't have some fest that's like we're in we're f- our 15th year no because you know, they stale. all come and go in less than 10 like i don't even Ooh. know what fyf stands for i have yeah. no clue because fuck yeah fast yeah like I, i'll never there's no room in my brain for that because i know it's information that is unnecessary you know or not even un- unnecessary no i'll just have to unlearn it in a few years so what the fuck's the point of taking well, it so i mean it, do you think it would be wrong to say that fests are a young person's game you know what i mean like like as a as a 36-year-old, and we get shit because people think we go off on old people. Yo, don't be mad. I'm a weirdo who's into this angry music, too. I'm old. Whatever. But, but like, going to an all-day music festival, if I, unless I'm laying down in a park and, and having, like, a picnic, I, I'm less interested. You know? Yeah, I think for it's sure. A- Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will. 
with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. I think it's a straight economical thing. Some guy sitting around in like Nashville and being like, we need a music fest. There's colleges here. There's a bunch of young people we can yeah. rope in. Let's get Beach House and well, and I think know, I think that's that's one Thundercat side of it. and whoever else we need to and like. <laughs> Yo, is that really a band? Everywhere. Is there really a band called Thundercat? Yeah, he's actually really sick. It's like is a, it? He's like a weird neo funk guy. Okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. He's really right. talented. But but, and I like Beach House too. So yeah, yeah. fuck me, right? But no, um, no, it's cool. I, I either way, like these guys see that and they're like, "This is there's a there's a need for this." They fill that void. It's cool for a few years, and then, like the town either gets too hip or that crowd gets old and right, like, or, or just like gets over it. Like yeah, that that whole that's a college phase is the going to festivals and like or like even high school too. Like I had yeah, people in high 100%. school are like, "We're going to Bonnaroo." I'm like, "Sick, have a great time." Is <laughs> that is also now that's equating to which you're actually bus. just enjoying music. Where yes. now you're just supposed to enjoy music for six years and then you get your fucking you get your job at like the the mortgage company. Yeah, like and that. and you, somebody hands you a fucking James Taylor record and you go to to Candle. What's the place in Western Mass that uh, some Tanglewood? Every six <laughs> years and it's like fucking yeah. slow jazz. You know, like like bad soft like easy listening music but yeah like i don't know so two sides one a lot of this like yo 10 hours of live music uh no thanks Crush me. Wait, check me out of that one um checking out of music because i've gotten older fuck you man I still like music. I still want to check out stuff. And it's that you need to find the medium point between those two. Like, don't trade in your record collection for sweatpants. <laughs> and also, you don't have to be at a, a music fest for 12 hours to, to be into something. Yeah, you know? yeah, 100%. Like, I don't know. So what do you do when you're done touring? When you're not, not like full-time, but like when you finish this tour, how much time you got left? You're halfway? Okay, so we left. <laughs> Most of us left. The March. glaze. Look. Most of us left March eighth. This was this was our. We've been in Europe actually longer than right. we've been in the United States for 2018. Um, middle of January, we left and did the persistence tour. That's Europe part one. We all go home, and most of us have the month off. Chris Olsh, our drummer who also plays in Mammoth Grinder, went on tour for all of February. So he went from. Euro Part 1, right into Mammoth Grinder Tour, then into Power Trip Euro Part 2, which was seven weeks, and then we came home and had about 40, 
48 hours or so at home and then left and then did those radio rock fests and then started this oh. tour. Then we're, then we're gone until June 8th. So for it's most of us, we're gone from March 8th till about June 8th. And then for Chris, he's been gone from since January. So he'll, he'll, he'll do like a pretty much a solid six months on the road. Like I just want, I want to I want to lay down on the couch just hearing you say that yeah, we're 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 um we're gonna kill each other. You guys been getting no, no no actually no, we don't no. fight we don't fight well no you you guys are like pros we're you probably have like your space so worn so thin yeah, yeah. We, we we all know each other well enough we it's we're we're fine but we're all just like holy shit everyone you know. When someone's mad, we like we can't. When someone feels bad, we can't be mad because we're like, I know how fatigued you are right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Know, we're all on the same page, but it's just like, holy shit. All right, so my so, question was gonna so, start. Yeah, my question was gonna like start. A month left. Okay, you got exactly like exactly to the day. Wow. I think. All right, so when you get home, June 9th or whatever it is. Yeah. What are you doing for the next week? <laughs> fucking nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and position as many of my dogs, my five dogs around me. And I'm just gonna read and watch TV and not talk to like some sort of like anything self comfort meditation well, circle of canines. Well, you know because like on on tour I'm always around people and 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 I don't watch like I, that's when I that's not a time where I watch TV or mm -hmm. do anything like that. So when I'm at home I just go full isolation, which is nice. good actually. It's really like the, when you have those extremes where it's like having to be really social at a show to like you know being completely alone that's good for you you have to have that balance totally agree so, some people think it's weird but i'm like look i just i'm so, i'm sorry you know like, yeah, that's the way to do it the worst part of coming off tour i is don't hang out the feeling for two days afterwards that you can't shake that you've got to be somewhere at a time yeah in the very near future and you have to like keep in mind that you don't it's not real it's not real anymore mine's um, always yeah. the 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 drive home is like the moment it's oh. over, or like those last couple of days where you're like, you know, you're there and you can taste it, and you're just like, oh my god! It's the finish and line of a race that's very and long. We're, and we're in Texas, so every like, it's always some place that is that sucks. It's like El Paso or fucking Albuquerque or New Orleans isn't that bad, but shows are just like okay. Um, so it's like getting to and from like any coast is, or even the Midwest is fucking obnoxious. Because everything else around us sucks. Yeah, you're kind of isolated there. Mm -hmm. All right, so so th that was my first part of the question. The second part is, because you kind of touched on it, like if both of you guys can speak on this. When you're in a band that's touring or, or is all together, give some advice to young dudes who are in bands who are just starting off. Like, what are the tricks of the trade so that you don't kill each other, someone doesn't jump out of the van, someone doesn't have a freak out. Because, like, most people figure it out and they got to go through the rough times. But, like, can you help them avoid those rough times? No, I think you got to go through it. That's, <sighs> like, yeah. Like, Especially if you're talking young bands where you're yeah. not playing, like, clubs and stuff. Like, yeah. if I was like, oh, you're a moderately successful band, learn how to write a good writer because sometimes it'll blow your fucking mind what people will bring you, you know? Like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> like, actually yeah. having when, food? When, when yeah, I, that's amazing. Our, our writer used to just say whiskey and yummy snacks, like, just whatever. And then, <laughs> and then it finally turned into a point where now we're like, yeah, we want this and this and this. But just, not, like, 
anything crazy or too spoiled, but it's like, oh, this person really might bring me like a yerba mate if I ask. Yeah, okay, cool. No fucking riboflavin. But, you know, yeah. like, just, yeah, like, knock yourself out. Right. I need a conditioner without any sulfates or parabens, all natural, no testing on animals. Yeah, yeah. look at you. No, but like, uh, that's not true. But like, but the smaller level stuff. I mean, you gotta fucking just eat shit. You man, you gotta sleep on floors and just, just, just. Like build some fucking character. I know that sounds like a dad ass thing to say, but like, <laughs> it 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 is what it is because I don't know. Like that's just that's just how it is. That's yeah. how touring is. You All right. So you what didn't earn? You don't earn that like that right to come on the block and be like, oh, what what's your advice? Is like, oh, well, be a, a pampered baby and know what you want. You yeah. Know? Like. Go so you're saying you gotta eat shit. Do it. do it. I would say learn like what what goes into managing a band. A lot of bands just walk out there and they're just like they don't know what they're doing when it's like ordering merch or like, mm-hmm. you know, designating, all right, who is like, has sit down and have that conversation and be like, who's going to be the tour manager. Who's going to be who's in charge gonna of handle stuff, all the right. cash. Who's going to do this. Who's going to do that. Whose name is it in? Like all that, all that stuff, the van, you know, like, you know, what are we doing tonight? Like plan ahead. Like that's the, the that'll at least keep you from being miserable. Yeah, for sure. So was there a point for you guys where there, that wasn't happening and then it did. We were a train wreck for like yeah. the first like six yeah. years. I sort of yeah. remember that. Yeah, so. we were awesome. It was cool. <laughs> we're just not cool anymore. Like I don't really, <laughs> I don't really party much on tour. But we used to just not give a shit. Like where outside we of Bitter End, you guys. I mean, Iron Age were monsters. No, Iron Age were are are pure monsters. And now they're such. They're so. They're so good. Dedicated. I know. They're such sweethearts. But they're like. They're yeah, trained that's who we beasts. Learned from. We yeah. learned from the best. Yeah, they were. Uh, we were, they were we having came, um, we switchblade fl- no fights. One, yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, that's true. It's a true story. Um, I saw them like two days. They stayed at my house like two days after that happened. And, yeah. Um, Tennessee hid food, drunkenly hid frozen food all over my um, my kitchen, and uh, and I didn't know why my kitchen smelled so bad for weeks. And then I found <laughs> like moldy. <laughs> rotting frozen taquitos like behind a coffee mug like <laughs> two well weeks later I was like wow so if there's one thing you can teach touring bands is don't don't worry about hiding food please don't worry you will about forget it. about yeah. it well, you know what definitely have fun you know, yeah. when, you, when you have the chance yeah, to hide totally. the taquitos do it yeah. Yeah. oh man you know I've been sitting here thinking about it the two things I can come away with that I guess you can learn that having to go through them you know, if you find yourself in, in Tulsa having an argument in a parking lot in front of nine people be embarrassed. That's right. embarrassing. Like, right. Learn to be that's embarrassed true, too. That. Keep your cool. So, yeah, that's, so that's kind of what I was asking is that I people think... People are watching you. I think you know? young people, it's hard. I will put myself in that group where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm with my friends. Yo, when you're in a van or a shitty van or a really shitty van with 10 people who might be your closest friends, five people, eight people, whatever it is, yo... I'm just, I don't think humans are meant for that kind of living. No, absolutely not. In no this way. little capsule, driving no, all around, no. you're going to get on each other's nerves. You need to st- – my, my advice is – and this isn't – you're going to eat shit and you're going to get in arguments, pull it back. Yeah, if this is, if, if it's he's an, not farting at you, he's just farting. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know? The aux cord, if you got an aux cord, pull it back. Just put your headphones in. Do whatever. You know, like, like don't let those things get in the way. Or make it so that you and this dude are now mad at each other for the next seven hours in the van. Yeah, that's the biggest part is just realizing, like, it's kind of like uh, getting arrested. You're like, well, there's nothing I can do about this, and I'm going to have to sit it out till you know, whatever. <laughs> so I might as well make the best of it. 
And those are the people you're stuck with. Yeah, tour. I see it. Oh, this is this. It's like hitting a dirge. Tour life feels like a bad neurosis title, like Souls at Zero. Yeah. Like yeah. Like sure. tour is. We're comparing it to prison being arrested. It can be tough, but like you got to do that. Yeah, week you know? three out of four weeks is <sighs> a, that is the like dark night of the soul of, I, uh, of playing music. It's wild. I started a full U.S. tour one time. And the first night I got some sort of crazy like tooth infection thing and I couldn't sleep or eat for the first three days. And I felt like I was on drugs because I was so mad at everyone the whole time and everywhere we were going to eat sucked and I couldn't eat anything and they were having fun and I wasn't and I was miserable and I turned, I, I thankfully wasn't too outward about it. And they could see I was in some bad shape, but man, you don't want to burden like like no. the people on tour with like your pain. Like I I I, yeah. I, like, I have chronic back pain. I'm like always, I'm not always bitching about it. I'm pretty good at keeping it like controlled. But like man, I'm like you know you don't want to yeah. just be like you know like because what are they gonna do? Be like oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel bad. Like, yeah, I don't know. Hey, Riley, we got you help. this this warming pad. Here you go. Yeah, yeah right. But it's, <laughs> it, 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 At the next rest area, we're going to stop at the massage chairs. I feel like what's, the, the second day of this tour, we were, we're still driving to Florida. I got this, the, the most unique stomach pain. I thought I was going to pass a kidney stone, but it started hurting, like, in the, in, like right in my stomach, like, like right where my sternum ends. Yeah. And then... And it would like kind of like it was like a contraction. It would like go like pulsating, out, pulsating, oh. and then, but it started hurting all the way down to my right nut, oh. like just my right nut for oh. like, and this went on for like eight hours. The best I could describe it is is a migraine of like my stomach and testicle. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the name of this episode like, is testicle what you, migraine. What do you what do you want to? Like like our our Logan our our tour manager was like what do you want what do you, what do you want us to do and I was like I don't I don't know because it this hurts but it doesn't feel like I need to go to urgent care the hospital hurt yet <laughs> yeah I, I mean it, maybe it was but I I just like don't I I I'm one of those people where they're like you need to go to the hospital we're gonna call you an ambulance and I'm like you better not fucking call an ambulance yeah. you know I'm not paying for that shit I, I, no, I, swear, I, I swear I swear like, yeah no way I fell off the stage at the Akron that's where my main mm -hmm. problem was. Landed on this of the corner step, going oh. up to it like impaled my back. Uh, I've split my head open at a righteous jam show. Drove myself to the hospital, um, which I shouldn't have done because I had had like two beers and then with from all the blood loss. Oh, I was, like, that's really bad. Wasted, yeah. but yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna yeah. go in an ambulance. I drove myself. I just ran off. <sighs> but that happened during righteous jams. Righteous jams in Iron Age actually. So what what show is that? That was. Uh, Righteous Jams, Iron Age, uh, I believe Blacklisted played that show. Oh, yeah. This would have been like 2005, six. six yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so real quick, because I want to talk about Iron Age and Righteous Jams in Texas, but your back problems. When did they start? Probably like four or five years ago. Whenever I fell. like I So just that's where something. they started. Yeah, that's really where it started was like as soon as I had that injury, it was it – was, that was where – like touring really changed for me, Jesus. having to like take care of my back and like stretch and I do because I was always like I I wasn't like super fucking athletic, but I always played a lot of sports. I was always mm -hmm. in pretty good shape. And then as soon as I hurt my back, it was just like 
you, so I you're not even wall. you're not like yeah. you don't do much physical stuff as you did. No, I, I mean, I'm better now, but like it, it's it it certainly like brought down a level of like my game, sort of, <laughs> so to speak. You know, I'm sorry, that sucks. No, um, it, it, it is what it is, but. I I don't have insurance. I've never gotten like a proper MRI to know what's wrong. But I've oh yeah, because you're like full time musician. Now. You don't have all over the place. Yeah, full time. So. so you don't have insurance. But nope, nope, yep. nope, none at all. Damn. Yeah. Thanks, um, America. Yeah. Uh, you spend three months in Europe. You just, you just go and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. Out that's after. true. That's a good idea. Barcelona is great. You just. You just, you just go and ask for whatever you want, and they'll just give it to you. And you're like, great. Yeah, a lot of love, Europe. to pay taxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so tell me. We talked on the way over here. There was a, a big show in San Antonio. This is a highlight of San Antonio, so this Texas is, love. This might be the most legendary show in like all of... Modern Texas hardcore history. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. isn't. We aren't getting into like this the big the boys show. and the dicks, but this, this is, is a show. No, no. This modern. is the first show I ever went to in Texas. I probably only, well, no, I went to some chaoses and different other shows while I lived there. But so uh, I was on tour with Mental and Righteous Jams and R and R, and the show in the very of the time tour. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, this yeah. is like yeah, this very much December. <laughs> This was like this New Year's Eve or New Year's it, Day it or was, something. It was it was like oh four oh five day after Christmas or the day before oh four. It was like December yeah. something two thousand four. So maybe, maybe the 29th or something. Something like, like that. that. Yeah. Because I think we went some Late we went to some like uh, frat parties in Austin. Jason Tarpy took us to that. There was. Straight yeah, there party. was a lot of stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah, and there was party. a lot of bad stuff happening, but mm-hmm. um. Anyways, uh, so we pull in. The show is Rights Jams, Mental, R&R. Iron Age's first show, I think. Yes. Iron Age's first you show. You first shows. Mind Eraser first show. Mind Eraser first show. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Wow. I, 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 I'm pretty sure. Pretty yeah. positive about that. Um, Iron Age first show. Stig- and, and then the... Later end did do some songs, and that was only like their second or third set. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and... Stiggy's War. Do you want to explain what Stiggy's do. War was? Well, Stiggy's... and why? Sorry, this is Andrew. You probably don't know this story. It's a pretty entertaining yeah, this one. This is uh, this is new to me. Actually, you might need to I do can. this because I think you know it better than I do. But Stiggy's War was desperate measures after they kicked out Brian for being. I'm gonna let you finish that thought. What you don't want to say this? I I'm not. I here's the thing is I'm not a hundred percent certain of okay. The crime so or the the, the lore um, is uh, that there was an impropriety. Man, I don't think this is canonical. So there was some something bad happened that the singer of Desperate Measures was accused of. Allegedly happened that led to him being kicked out of the band. You want to yeah. find it? Go Google it. You can yeah, find it. Yeah, there you it. go. You I assume it was mail fraud. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. It was mail fraud, every, every stealing time. people's every mail, Joe Biafra style. So, Stiggy's War. Desperate, this happens at the peak of it's Desperate basically Measures. Basically, an excuse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Total, were. absolute peak. Those that they. If you want to see Desperate Measures, um, if you're into that kind of stuff, find their Posse Numbers video from 2004. That video is sick. There's, uh, as someone who was there, I was blown away. There was like 300 people on stage. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, they. So the absolute zenith, they break up, but um, Mini Stigma, guitar player, 
of Desperate Measures, bass player, whatever. He jumped yeah. around a lot. Wade played guitar at that for, for Stiggy's War. War at that show. So though. Stigma sings for them. They do a yeah. set. They got some they cool few, shirts. They had a few guest guest singers. Did they do songs? Yeah, I think. I think I want to say Chase did a song. Oh yeah, uh, Chase Young Money. Chase. Yeah, Young Chase Money did a song. I want to <laughs> say I want to say like Tarpy did a song. Too. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Uh, did Dropout do a set too? I don't think Dropout. No, did. I don't think Dropout. I, uh, yeah, Dropout is band. Dropout is forgotten Texas hardcore that is fucking yeah, great. Yeah, they, Dropout. Yeah. They kind of like Poison Idea on acid. It was really, really like stupid punk, but uh, the lyrics were golden, just like yeah. comedy gold. I would say Poison Idea meets early DRI. It was really. Awesome. I, yeah, I thought it was, it was early really Black cool. Flag, like really early Black Flag, yeah. with like even st- like just like the stupidest lyrics imaginable, but so funny, so good. Um, but the other band, the other bands that played that show, it was stacked. It was like Lights Out, Our Turn. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure an early Set Your Goals played that show. Um. Yeah, R and R, Dump Truck played. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mental, Righteous Jams, Iron Age. Mm. Pretty sure Minor Racer played two songs. So yeah, as a young Texas dude, that you drove down crazy. to that show. Yeah, that was, um, like I went with like a, a a just this grab bag of like we had like a like a you know like a Wigger hardcore kid. We had. We had Balaram, you know, Jared. Yeah. We had Jared in the mix. We had this, like, metal dude, Tyler, who was driving this van down. Um, one of Power Trip's old drummers, Marcus, he was in the van with us. And this we is, like, you're 20 years old. You're 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. No, not even. I was 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was it, it was just, we just went to this show, and everyone was just like, holy shit, that was so whoever has the video out there, I was trying to get it. There's a video. The mental and righteous jam sets were like two of the coolest hardcore sets I've ever seen. Iron Age was awesome, so first show. Mm-hmm. But but the, I said that I saw a lot of mental shows. I saw a lot of righteous jam shows, and those were two of the very best. So yeah, they were. It was incredible. And I, Texas I, was I weird because Texas was kind of coming up then. It was, just and that's like up. right at the beginning. And San Antonio of everything. was the spot too. Really? Yeah, San Antonio. Houston Houston had its thing going on, but it was, like, always heavy. But San Antonio was the first kind of place to really get down with that, like, new... Like, new more England, straightforward. New, new yeah. England, like, yeah. Boston style, you yeah. know? And then, like, other people started to catch on. Like Did that lead to There was to a you? great couple uh, mental gigs in Dallas. Uh, Razzle Dazzle did a surprise set one, at one, which went fucking nuts. People went crazy. Um, so Locking Out ended up being one of the first labels who fucked with Power Trip. Yeah, yeah. I just met Greg at um like through mutual friends and then he was like, Oh, you have a band, I'll put out your record. It's pretty easy with that guy. It's <laughs> yeah. really pretty easy. Yeah, um, when people wanna if you if Greg likes you as a person, he'll probably do your he's record. He's like, Yeah, I'll do your record. Yeah. yeah. It's but cool. I mean he yeah, he believes in the music and the bands and everything, you know. No, There's, I've had him like people and he cares a lot. I won't, I won't say who, but he said no to some very like like interesting, like like lucrative bands that, that it would could have been really cool, but I think it's almost cooler that he said no. Yeah, I agree. So I like how picky he is. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right, so, I mean, we're killing... We're doing good on time, actually. Um, I wanted to ask you, is there any new music that you'd recommend for people who are listening to this to check out? I feel like most people... I, I know, like, tour plugs are so annoying, but, like, 
I love all three of these bands that we're on tour with so much. Like if you haven't, if someone hasn't checked out Sheer Mag Fury or Red Death, pull their head out of their ass and like go listen to. Yo, them. sell me on Sheer Mag because I don't, I don't really like it that much. Really? Yeah. You, maybe. I might need to see it live, but it, tell try me. Try it that. live because they are one of the best live bands I've seen in a really long time. They, right, they uh, it's to me. This is how I describe it to people. I say. Basically, like Thin Lizzy and like early UFO, like even like some Scorpions, ACDC like style riffs that are played a yes a little bit like popier, mm -hmm. but the uh, the singer Tina she sounds like Michael Jackson as a kid, so it's just like really like feel good and riffy and like like all the like really like upbeat parts of like Thin Lizzy with like okay. this almost like wider pop aspect. To so it. there was a point I love them, Andrew. But, you might remember this. There was this point maybe in the very early 2000s where the like underground basement scene punk world got infatuated with ACDC and Rose Tattoo yeah. and yeah do you remember that? That was I was checking out big time at that point yeah. where people would do um, like cheeky group photos you know like oh isn't yeah. it funny that we're doing a promo photo what? but really you're just doing a promo photo that's what you're doing basically. yeah Punk what band bands are right? you talking about because this must be i don't um like what was that band inepsy was uh oh, yeah. inepsy so actually is great it was sick though i love inepsy but you were out that, you were out I, but so example. there was a band there was a group of bands even right before that that was like they fit into like I mean we talked about what dude Artie Philly uh, the Shemps would, would was that Shemps, it? Yep. Would you put yep. Annihilation time in that? Category? No, okay, I wouldn't. Right. He might. Too fucking no, punk. he might. Um, uh, and I, but they so there was so like it was sort of like so that world and FC yeah. falls into the boat where I'm like oh that was cool like See, I would Murad. just put that in the like crust DB world. But they're so motorheady motorhead, and like yeah, yeah. like when you compare it to like Born Dead Icons or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Born like Dead Icon. Wow. Okay. Right. Born Dead Icons was that, but total cross. And an Epsi was like, no, we're gonna take this and kind of rock it a little more. And they like, had a harmonica solo. There you go. <laughs> but then checked out. <laughs> so Annihilation Time. Annihilation Time sets up this line too, where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool, but also maybe if you catch it in the wrong vibe, you're thinking it's lame. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you were from the outside, you wouldn't know. Like, oh yeah, those dudes are like weirdos who were like. Hardcore kids who worship Blast and then got heavy into like seventies deep cut rock. We also you know, call that what it is. That's that same era where the first like art school graduates got their like whatever their their like art director job, and that's how the Buzzcocks yeah. wind up selling Toyotas. But that was the first <laughs> thing when. You you graduated from Pratt and you're like I'm into the Rolling Stones now, but I'm yes. also into Black Flag. Yeah, and that's that's exactly oh. where that all comes from. It's like right now I'm getting triggered. There's, like there's, that is kind of the problem for me. I can see why you'd be mag. getting triggered, but they're like they know their shit. I believe it. You know? and that's the part. Yeah. Like the other dudes are like also, the other dudes who are like, normal hosts. They're like fuck them. They just suck. You they're know, all, they're all like floating like close to around our age, a little younger. Yeah. Like they're not. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's almost like. If you talk to one of them, they may have gone through that. But I think a lot of that them grew up legitimately like loving classic rock and then discovering punk. That's the way our drummer Chris is, and he's in he's in Impalers, which is like fucking that motor charged fucking yeah. like one of my favorite bands. Period. That record came out last year. It was so good. Cellar okay. Dweller, yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible. And these, so, they're coming out with this live tape that is just fucking bananas. It's really it's one of the coolest live tapes I've ever heard. Yeah. I want to hear that. Uh, so so to me, like that's the part is that like. And, the early 2000s, and that's kind of like, right, you, you were getting stuff around then in Dallas, but there wasn't a ton. The early 2000s in the Northeast, there was 
the metalcore stuff, um, the like American Nightmare version of that stuff, the mm. more modern hardcore stuff, and then there was thrashcore. Andrew, do you remember the scene? Oh, Did like that Rambo? just make you? Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. And, 100%. and tear it up. Too. I, caught and a, like, I caught, a, caught the tail end of so, that. So that was the thing. Like, Bones Brigade. Tear it up was like, oh, that's cool, but you could be in a world where you're like, nah, I don't like that. Then there, And so it's like this. Tear it up's here. Tragedy, crust stuff is over here. Yeah. Rambo is over here. A band like this band Melee from Boston was like, like oh, are you a thrashy, like, really crazy fast hardcore band who plays basements and are into that? Cool. You have a 20-song LP? Okay, cool. Do you have songs that talk about bandanas and ripped, you know, flannel shirts? Oh, no. You might be in the shit box. Yeah. So, so like, the evolution of that was then everyone getting into, like, like uh, proto-punk and, like, Rolling Stones and rock stuff. And, like... Some of it was awesome, and like the like Annihilation Time took it to such a deep level. They're they're like talking about Sir Lord Baltimore while the posers are like just like man, I love fucking High Voltage, you know. Yeah. And like nothing wrong with High Voltage. That's a cool record, you know. But but it, it it's uh, all right. So I'm gonna give Sheer Mag another try. I you should. I, I get exactly why that that triggers you because that that was my that was my ticket out of music. It was just like oh wow. A lot of disingenuous motherfuckers floating from camp to camp here. Yes. What am I supposed to do with my time? You know, like, I don't want to wear a costume, so what do I do here? And yeah. I, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And that was a big thing to me was that I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, no, I'm not, like, some transient trying to find my next cool outfit. Ugh. <laughs> All right. So, um, Andrew, I'm betting Andrew's not familiar with Fury or Red Death either. Totally. Remember. Okay. Sell him cool. on both of those bands. All right. And we'll see it. if either can uh, that band that you were supposed to tour with, you like them a lot? Uh, I do not. Probably no. not. No. Okay, then you <laughs> might not like Fury. Fury kind of reminds me of like, um, sort of like later Turning Point mixed with like Orange County hardcore. Revelation Records style. Yeah, like okay. a lot of Rev style stuff. Their newer stuff is a bit more like, um, like uh, quicksand kind of grooves. He, the 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 singer says his ultimate goal with the band is to be able to tour Dinosaur Junior. So I, I, I respect the goal. They have this one song that's got on this like uh, a Planet Mental style riff with like these mm. more like kind of like lethargic vocals. A song called Vacation that I really like that they play. And then there's is that a song new song? It's got like an almost like negative approach style fast part. It is a new song. Okay. Yeah, they almost have a new LP done. Um, but you can see they're like trying to like tap into like all the hardcore stuff that Jay Maskus likes. Oh, okay. Kind of getting... Huh. You know, oh, it's like, trying to, like, knock on that door? Yeah, yeah. To do Bring that, buy a I mean, Jeremy will tell you. Yeah. I got one, too. That's cool. Yeah, and then <laughs> Red Death is just, like, another... If you, like, like crossover in any capacity, I think Red Death has, like, got something for for you. Like, they, they got really cool, like... Later Chromags and early Chromag style stuff. They Chrome Suckers type of parts, corrosion and conformity style parts. Yeah, that, like, that seems more up my alley. That, yeah, that I was gonna say that's yeah, the one like there. it's 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 good. They 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 do what we do, but like a bit more punk and like more agnostic front, like kind of like East Coast attitude. They're from DC. They're all like really talented musicians. Yeah, they are. But, but both of those bands I enjoy quite a bit. Of the bands on this tour, I would say that you should check out Power Trip Nightmare Logic first. 
and then wait for a little while and then check out and the Red Death record. Yeah, to settle. yeah mm-hmm. like gotcha. that's the record. I, let me they just, sound way different. D- totally but, different, you know. but in the same kind of general yeah. umbrella. Yeah. Yo, if you were going to... Let me do this real quick. What would your reference points... Red Death's like, yo, we need you to help out write our new record, even though you don't write music. What are the five bands you're like, yo, listen, these are the five records I think you should listen to for your next record. I think they'd probably all agree with me. It would probably be like English Dogs, Forward Into Battle, like a, uh, the first Sacrilege record. Um, like I'd probably still be like, yeah, keep doing like Chromax Best Wishes like mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, what else? I think it would be cool if they, they did like – some more like uh like Scandinavian maybe yeah style, like punk like throwing like maybe even like a D beat or two and well, I want them to listen to the absurd Bloodingstag record I check that I, out. I think I think that I think they, everybody should listen to that record actually which one absurd they're seven inch oh yeah that's that Bloodingstag is awesome. yeah. fucking awesome like absurd and selfish and oh, wretched yeah. and like I know those aren't all wretched is all Italian European. but selfish yeah, is so yeah, good yeah, victims yeah. never yeah. in the last thing. But like I, they, I think the, all those guys are familiar with that shit. Like or like uh, anti CMX. Like mm. you know, they, they all, Rape we ass. all like the same stuff that they do. They just do it a different way. Yeah, they do. Yeah, which is cool. I respect that. You know, it's like it's nice. It's nice having a band we can take out. That's like crossover that doesn't actually like try and sound like us or sounds like us. So it's different. They're killing it. Different like, they're doing really well. They're the band who I think would succeed the most touring with you. That's you know why what I mean? we bookended it that way. That's you awesome. You know, like let the people like because our our now we've got this like swath of metalhead fans like like you know low IQ like <laughs> there was in Richmond there was a a couple tailgating in a truck listening to Power Trip while drinking from like noon till the show. The back of their truck had a Confederate flag on it, like Hillary for prison sticker. Jesus. All of that. <laughs> and I, I was like, yeah, this is... This is that just is what... exactly the person I want buying my record. And I'm being 100% honest right <laughs> now. Like, I'm not being facetious <laughs> at all. You know they the... sound awesome. We're going to work on a, a package for you. you everybody who buys us... They do buy your fucking record. That's great. That's yeah. So good. And then they're like, will you sign it? And I'm like, sure. Well, they don't buy your record. That's they buy that. his record, though. Right. <laughs> they actually buy vinyl. And yeah. I'm like, that's cool. We talked about this, I think, maybe last episode, is the difference between hardcore kids and metal kids. It's really small, but hardcore kids are early adapters. Metal people, I should say metal kids, metal people still buy CDs. Yeah. They'll 100%. still buy music, you know? We sell a pretty much, it's pretty much 50-50. Vinyl CDs For, on tour at least. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty much fifty fifty. I think a lot of like old, old dudes like are like still have their stuff and yeah. are just like impressed enough to be like I'm gonna buy the fucking awesome. record or whatever. When did that flip for you? When you signed Southern Lord? When that no, it flipped for, it, literally I can tell you pretty much the moment it flipped for us was when we did that Lamb of God Anthrax tour. Right. That that was like that was the that was the whoops that was the breakthrough moment. Right there. What was that like? What was that tour like for? It was cool. It yeah. was we were we were with Death Heaven, who we were like acquainted with, mm-hmm. and, and so that was cool. Just getting like having like a younger group of people to like hang out with and not have to worry about you know just hanging with old dudes. Well, or not even hanging with them because like Anthrax didn't really hang out at all. The Lamb of God guys were all really cool though. Yeah. It was it was a laid back like it was this big ass tour and their like uh, sound guy ended up you know having to do sound for us and he would like do like he would be like okay snare 
good tom snick good kick good symbol good like we did we did sound checks in like under five minutes hell yeah it was crazy and and we ended up actually sounding pretty good every night so i can't really get that mad at the guy yeah butting sound people out there you know just just dial it in you will fix it when it's but a snare doesn't make a fucking difference if nothing else is playing he has a point let's not (laughs) yeah yeah split hairs especially to the type of people who like to go to lamb of god shows so um and, and but like overall it was it was it was fun um the only the only thing that sucked was the bandwagon that thing all right so this is we talked a little bit about this do you know what a bandwagon is uh I, I feel like in this context no okay a bandwagon explain a bandwagon riley bandwagon is like this option that you've got between a a van and a and a like actual bus like maybe splitting splitting a bus with a band it's uh it's a like camper wagon built on the back of a truck bed um and it sleeps eight so it's got two it's got a row of three bunks on each side a shower way in the back a toilet and then there's two other bunks closer to the front where there's also a lounge with a small kitchen the microwave cabinets a refrigerator with a freezer there's a TV with satellite, some other things. Sounds great, right? But it it's sounds act- like the quarters for people who make iPhones. I don't know. That doesn't sound like great. <laughs> See, okay. You're, you and I are on the same page now because a lot of people seem to love that shit. I think it's – I've heard I many bands rave about every, this thing. Yeah, I think it is everything good about – tour and i'm not like we're spoiled i i will still do a fucking tour and i would prefer literally to be in a van in a trailer right now yes. and be like so happy about it um but like we did tour europe in a bus and it was nice and it's everything all the negatives of a bus put into one vehicle it has no Ooh. suspension i mean it's literally like some hillbilly dude was like yeah i built me this fucking camper on the back of my freight liner truck bed and then I thought about it, and I was like, man, it'd be great for, like, a band to sleep in here or something. Like, some guy at so, this company. I mean, it's called Bandwagon. So, and the deal monetize is... Monetize this thing where it's, like, bare bones living. It's bare bones living. But you can do it and... Camper. You but don't need a CDL to drive it. Mm. Uh, so it beats the weird little regulations. Yeah. yeah. That, so now that only that sounds both unpleasant and wildly unsafe. Dude. Oh yeah, That's yeah, cool. dude, I'm I'm telling you, me me and me and Mike from Darkest, the guitar player for Darkest Hour, he was like, I'm gonna do a class action lawsuit. Like he was like, everybody in our band hurts our back, our our like, I don't sleep on it. It 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 catches germs everywhere. I mean, like we all have sinus infections. It sounds like a, they are gonna be so mad if they hear this episode. But like these things are not what I'm about. Some people love them. Some bands really do. Like my friend Jordan drove one and like drove like minus the Baron brand new yeah. and stuff. And those guys said that they love that shit. Like they yeah. would prefer it to a bus or whatever. Yeah. But those guys also probably get like day rooms or something like yeah, that. And <laughs> yeah, and so showers in their uh, yeah their yeah because well, the shower and the bandwagon is is it'll do. But it that's about as it'll but do. So I mean it'll the do. the benefit is that it's supposed to be cheaper than because you're not hotel. you're you're guaranteed like a a something that resembles a bed and and you know you can park it anywhere and it, it has a generator but on that lamb of god anthrax tour we did one and our generator went out while we drove from norfolk virginia to new york city 
during the worst blizzard that had happened in like a hundred years. Mm. You remember that fucking thing? Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, so um, our generator went out, and we had uh, um, Matt Izzy from the band Homewrecker driving the bandwagon, uh, which is also disconnected from the camper. So we were sitting in pitch black in the back of this bandwagon with our phones dying while ice formed on the inside of the cabin and we huddled together for warmth <laughs> and and prayed that every time we didn't hear us skidding that it wasn't like the last thing that we would hear. We had like an eight-hour near-death experience because you can't um, contact the driver. There's no way. It's, oh, it's you're separated. totally separated. You're totally right. separated. So like we're like we're just at the mer- like our phones were dying because the generator was dead and we're like we don't we have no way to tell him like hey are you okay or like let's stop this is yeah. fucking crazy we got snowed in we got snowed into this like um, gas station had to dig ourselves out for like fucking I don't know a hundred feet of snow or something like that like oh, like like geez. in front going, of you yeah. yeah in front of you it was it was and you were saying that the like uh, and then we we're like let's do it again. There's no shocks in the thing. You just are bouncing no. around back there. Yeah. So driving through a snowstorm in that. Yeah, that sounds fun. We did. In the dark. Uh, in the dark. My, uh, an old band of mine, we broke down in Kansas in a snowstorm in a white van, but our alternator died. That's how we broke down. So we couldn't even turn the lights on, and it was snowing, and we were literally in the middle of nowhere. No, like, you know, no Love's Truck Stop with no service, and we just had to sit there for, like, just like I said, for, like, hours. Every time a truck would go by, the whole van would like rock. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we've been there. This is this yeah. is decidedly. We tried uncool. to sit out a tornado and had the truckers doing that because we could see this tornado like going off in the distance. And I was like, oh, if that just comes towards us, we're fucked. Yeah. You know, we're, if you guys were real rockers, you'd have had a bunch of fireworks on actually, board to uh, we were, shoot out the window. We were actually stoned off our asses on edibles listening to Pentagram. So I think it was, I was, also, I was, I was. You're actually, right. You're like all right I was, with it. I was, like, I, was, I was. I was like. This is kind of a cool way to go out. Like, like, like take me out. Let's go. All right. So um, you recommend the bands that you're on tour with. Please go check them out. Support it. These dudes are on tour for the rest of the month. Any other new music, old music that you think people should check out? Especially, you know, so we, okay, we do focus well, on music. You guys love metalcore and stuff, or at least <laughs> I know this podcast does. Do you guys know about Scourge from Houston yet? Yes, I know about Scourge. Okay, do you like them? I think they're okay, actually. Their new shit's gonna fucking. They, I saw them. That... I saw them right before we left for like a long, a long tour. They played. They played this uh, Mammoth Grinder show actually, and I was like, they're a real band now. Like, yeah. They, they they they've stepped it up. They're really gonna kill it. A lot of the a lot of the Houston bands are really good. Narrowhead's really good. Yep. Um, Heard a lot of good ra- things about Razor them. Bumps from Dallas. I have to shout them out because like. I've been putting on for that band since their very first show, and I'm really proud of what they're doing. They did that yeah. style tour, and sounded like it went really well for Describe them. Describe Razor Bumps to Andrew. Razor Bumps is like, like, uh, yeah, good name, a uh, great style. It's like, it's almost like the early like, L.A. like glam punk, like like it's like plasmatics meets yeah. like almost like Devo. Like could like, be on the like Yes LA punk. comp maybe. Yeah, like the cramps, shit like that, but done really, really well. All the all every member has like not even like a shtick, just like kind of like a an outfit that isn't even over the top, but they're just like dripping with attitude. The lyrics are great, her voice is great. They're fucking awesome. You know the show. surprise Razor Bumps fan, Todd Jones. 
Yo, not surprising. I told, I, no, no, no. I, I told Todd to check them out, and he was like, I never listened to anything like this. I don't even know what to like, call really? this. And he was like, I just ordered a record. I like. He it. likes a lot of old L.A. punk, but it might not be in but his like total. The weird look. sort of. No, like, you're right. Like, like the more uh, performative, like theatrical stuff. Yeah. He's, it's halfway between Danger House and like the Cramps and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. Yeah. It's not but Rhino 39. Executed, but. executed very well, Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um. All right, so Texas. Any other Texas shit you want to shout out? Well, I, I guess we are in New York, so like I could shout out Parquet Courts because. Um, oh yeah, teenage Andrew, cool kids. A, teenage cool kids, yeah. Uh, and uh, Andrew also used to play in Wiccans, another great band from Texas. But um, Andrew Savage, fun fact, was actually at the first show I ever played in my entire life, which was with the band I was in when I was. 14 or oh something. yeah we gotta talk about these your old bands. oh yeah well no 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 well, uh, this is this is this, this is, is way gold. way back i'm okay. gonna give you the, this is like like this is like you got together with your friends for a couple weekends and like hashed together things called songs and like this wasn't yeah. like a real band thing but by some weird coincidence andrew ended up being this girl's backyard birthday party our band was called Captain Bring Down and the Buzzkills, which is a Simpsons reference, I think. <laughs> uh, we covered Leftover Crack, Nazi White Trash. And uh, this guy threw my friend's shoes over a fence because he thought he made fun of his band. So um, Andrew saw that. That was his first show. Andrew, was first in, show. A- Andrew Savage was in a hardcore band. Um, he sang in one that sounded like like Minor Threat called Five, Five Pointers. Okay. I think they actually opened for mental. Yo, do you do you know of some band from Austin called Bel Air? Mm-mm. Okay, they were like some no. indie punk kind of thing. I have a single of theirs that's really good. From like mid 2000s. All I right. bet and Blake would know about that. What was your band prior to Power Trip? Somebody asked me to ask you this. Oh, fuck, who told you to ask? I can't remember. I knew the name. What is the name? Hold on, let me see if I can find it. It's deep in the text at this point. Go ahead, what is it? Yeah, you're going to eat the apple now. <laughs> I really don't want to say this. Say it. It's like my one point. Oh, fuck. We're I called d- Balls Out. Balls Out, right? That's Yo, right. Dude. You did a split seven inch or something? No, we never did a record. <laughs> we did a tour. That's we did one funny. tour. <laughs> Where'd you tour to? Toured to Florida and back. It was fucking nice. sick. Florida a great seems time. like the kind of place that's receptive to Balls Out. Yeah. Did you guys it play cool. like uh, like This Is For You Fest or something? No, we did play shows with kids like us. Okay. Yeah. But no, we were um we were uh with this band Lookout, who changed their name to Lion Wait, who was actually one of the first triple B bands. That's right. I actually uh Josh. And Huskin, that is an yeah. underrated fucking record that it is. Came I actually I think it's I pushed good. them to Sam. Yeah, yeah, they're cool dudes. San Antonio yeah. right there. Those were the those were the guys that I like went on my first tour with so like yeah. those are very good friends of mine did you go out to the half hard shows they played funny, in california no i didn't but a fu- i remember that tour but funny enough um like by some weird coincidence now blake is in bloom which has members of those of lion weight um playing in the band i, th- I think and uh uh, it's like a shoegaze like project. Like yeah, yeah. Blake became friends with them, but I had known them long before. But I didn't introduce that? them, so it was just kind of a weird thing. He's like, "Oh, I've been jamming with these people." I'm like who? He's like, "Oh, my friend Tyler and all those people." Oh, I was yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, I know all those guys. You know? That's really funny. Yeah, it was great. 
Um, all right. Well, we're kind of wrapping up. Um, I don't think there was anything else. You got anything else you want to talk we, about? Do we? I don't. I don't remember. This is not the longest episode, but guess what? We had guests. Host Andrew, anything you want to talk about? No, I got nothing. Let's I I I have very little add to add to a hardcore podcast. So I appreciate. No, you did a great job. Right, yeah, thanks. Appreciate you know. it. I don't know. We have like a single coming out before the end. Oh of the day. shit! Okay, that's like yeah, that is cool. Shit, Tell us about Adult that. Adult Swim asked us to do one, so we did this song. I'm actually really excited for it. It's got like some really like kill 'em all Metallica vibes to it. Really, I think people are gonna be like impressed because it almost sounds a little um it not that the recording quality is any less but it sounds like rawer and older than than um the nightmare logic than the okay. last record so i think people are gonna be like oh shit what up okay so new yeah. single you got a new collection coming out yeah with that yeah we got um our friend brent is putting together um a collection of all our like material everything that wasn't on the two lps Mm-hmm. And then putting that out as a collection. Okay, so keep and, an eye uh, out for that. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool. That's that's a nice thing because a lot of that stuff didn't get a really proper release. Greg right. did a great job on like the seven inch and stuff. But that was um, a long time ago. I actually, now. we hopefully hopefully the plan is to do the the single with locking out, if I can say oh, so. Damn. Oh, and you know we forgot. We um, didn't. We almost forgot this. We were talking about festivals. We actually were given a little exclusive yeah. announcement. Yes. And I just both it's in New Jersey, mm-hmm. so so it's a good combination. Y'all, re- y'all ready for this? Why don't you Why don't you rip it up? Okay. Uh, well, here we go. Saturday, September eighth, we've got the Back to School Jam in Jersey City, New Jersey, at the White Eagle Hall, which I hear is actually a new venue and is apparently really cool. Brand new. Brand new. Um. We are headlining Power uh, Trip and with direct support from Buried Alive and Indecision. And, and a, more. And a lot more will be announced. The first announcement is Thursday, May 24th, and the second announcement will be Friday, July 27th. No barricade, re entry, plenty of parking. There's going to be food. Um, Fully maybe, catered. Maybe you guys can all bring some school supplies and yeah, I think I think they said like yeah, that. we're doing uh like um, is there a charity thing going down? For no, this? I don't no, know. No, Greg but, doesn't do charity. But like you should do like just yeah, if you come and bring a guest, you get fifty. No, we're just making all that shit up. But Power Trip is headlining a special balls out set after show. Oh, coming, um, buried alive, indecision. I saw the rest of the lineup. Looks we pretty solid. We haven't headlined Jersey in a long time, so that'll be cool. Where's the last time? When the last time you played Jersey? Do you remember? The last time we played Jersey was actually with Red Death and Foreseen. And, oh shit! Um, right. And uh, the Dave Murphy of Town Deli catered. Shout the out! And it was Summit. sick. Yeah. yeah, he was so excited about that. Dude, I, I saw, saw him like the week him, before that. Him in Philly. Did you? He was nice. doing great. Excellent. Yeah, it was awesome. Dave Murphy, big Dave Murphy, shout out. Oh man. My favorite dude. I was listening to Vision thinking of you today. Hope all is well. Um, so, yeah, that show is coming up. We'll probably have Tom talk a little bit because Indecision's playing. That's a big deal. Uh, kind of a cool thing. I know the rest of the lineup. I've never I think seen cool. Tom, uh, Tom perform. So I'm do you excited. like Indecision? I did. Okay. I did like Indecision. They did really well in Texas. Yeah, they did. Really big, actually. Yeah. Which but is I never got to see him. So. Yeah. Young man. So. Um, all right, so other than that, um, thank you, Riley, for joining us today. Thank you, Bob, for having me. We'll, we'll have you back sometime. We'll just get down. Yeah, I want to get grilled 
by Patrick and Tom. I know they're the they're like the hard asses, right? Right. <laughs> I'm too easy. I should have brought up some beef or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. This has been a beef-free episode. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Whatever to that. Um, Andrew, uh, Andrew is in a band called Self Defense Family. They have a new record coming out called Have You Considered Punk Music? You want to tell us anything about the record? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm allowed to talk about. It's you can talk about anything on this podcast. I, I, I know I I'm I'm a free man beyond yeah. the wall. You know I can talk about whatever <laughs> fuck I feel like, but I I don't know what's gonna what's gonna fuck up there. Like you got a question? What do you yeah. Got? What what's what's the title in in uh, reference to or and or meaning? All right. Well, it's it's actually kind of a three part thing, which is weird. Uh, the fr- I have no idea. <laughs> okay, all whatsoever. right. I'm, all I'm right. making this all up. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm not totally sure. I'm. It's uh, a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Exactly. Yeah. In the middle of a labyrinth. The uh, I, I like it. Let me go on record as saying I like. I like. Have you considered, like, have you considered the first punk reviews music? Yeah. Um, I assume it's uh, some kind of nod to Have You Considered Jesus? But uh, oh, I, I didn't even think I of that. Say for sure. Uh, yeah, being, being able to dip in and out like this means that I don't get, like, I don't, I don't really get told when it's, like, time to release things. I right. found out the record got announced when people were texting me saying congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For what? <laughs> uh, so, when it comes out, buy it. I think it's among my favorite things we've ever done, but, uh, yeah, Is it a full length? It is yeah. a full length. Yeah. Mu- musically, where is your head at? Um, musically, it, it's, some of it is a little bit slower. Uh, I play a decent amount of pedal steel on this uh, on this Whoa, record, cool. so yeah, it gets uh, it gets a little strange. I'm bracing that country trend. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what the right, right now. Have you guys so, talked country? about how hot country is right now? It's really hot. It's so I've hot. Been, it's I'm, so hot for hardcore kids to drop out and love country now. It's I can't weird. Get that back again. That's why, because that was hot I when know. I was first dropping out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, there was a time where that was a. When was that? When would that have been? Oh three, oh two. Oh, yeah, that like did not hit Texas. Maybe it was like, a, like such a like Texas. A you guys were too. Lap. Yeah, you guys are too we like, steeped in like, country. Yeah, we're like. Yeah, I think that's must what it must have been. Early but now days, every motherfucker in the world. I was going through my iTunes collection and I found a Clint Mall record and I was like, oh shit, I haven't listened to this in a minute. And the only reason I have framework for when that was is because I was like, holy fuck, this was like twelve years ago. What the shit. There's so, a country yeah. revival. All right, quick. Um, have you considered punk music? Yeah. It's a take on Have You Considered Jesus style, evangelizing from both angles. Punk is goofy, but it probably beats most shit coming at you. That's straight from Patrick. Oh, so. That's a good. That's All right, good. so. You're like, oh, Jesus. I was like, I like that. Okay. Yeah, you know, this is kind of because we're going to do Lord of the Rings style. The like, show ends three times. Um, fuck, what the hell was I going to ask you? Um, oh, okay, since we didn't get in beef. You threw out a tweet a while back. Oh, yeah. Which one? This one. Well, you you you're quite a Twitter figure. So we not can talk about not I can't. not anymore. You you were hot for like a year or two. I I I I only come out when it, when as needed. Okay, the wolves. Yeah. You threw out some public support to Code Orange. Was there perceived beef between you guys? There and was. Code Orange? There was. There was perceived beef between us and Code Orange. Um, like, I I will go on record and say a power trip is like full on. We have Code Orange's back, and that's like we are like team. Code Where did Orange. the beef come from? It was just some like miscommunication from from other fucking people like deliver like sec- delivering telephone secondhand information to yeah. to the band, and it was one of those things where like basically 
Jamie had texted me. It was like, hey, we need to talk the first day we meet because they played the they headlined the or they did direct support to the shows in um in the UK on that Trivium tour. Their direct support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, hey, we need to talk. And I'm like, what? What about? And then he didn't respond through text or whatever. First yeah. day comes up, he takes me over and we start talking about it. And so it was just some stuff had been said where it was construed as shit talk but wasn't really like right. it, it was one of those things where and I'll say it right now it's like Code Orange is not what I look for in in music. heavy music right. but like I saw them at those shows and they're a fucking force like they Yo. they they have what they want to do down so well and it's thought out and it's like it's I you know it's completely thoughtful like I have nothing but respect for them and so does everybody in my band and I just was like I want that to be clear. I didn't even want to no bring that one, up because no, I'm glad. No, no, I want to bring it up to you, but I didn't want to bring it up because I don't like Code Orange musically. Mm-hmm. But you know what else I don't like? The bands they're influenced by, or a lot of bands. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's like, and I said it somewhere. I'm like, if I say I don't like this shit, or I try to shit, it's like, yeah, man, you don't like this whole box of stuff. So why would you? But if you see that band live, they're a force. They're, they're crazy. fucking great. Yeah, and like, I, I like, like, grew to like, like for it. a band like, without a singer, like a without a frontman. More. Yeah, holy shit, dude, it's cool. I hadn't seen they them in three the or four years before. It had been a long time since I had seen them. I don't even know if I had seen them as just Code Orange. It might right. have still been Code Orange Kids. And so when I saw them after all this time, I was just like really like impressed and like I was I was proud of them because we got we've always gotten along really great. Yeah, I think that's why it was sort of a, a a bigger thing was because like like i mean i would feel the same way they're like damn that's what they think like i thought we were friends like me and jamie talk and then sure. you have someone else coming around saying hey you know power trip's talking shit about you guys and it's like that's not what i do like he and i mess with each other all the fucking time like, sure but that's like you know, a, we can a bust one-to-one each other's thing, yeah. balls and and then and then it's like does he was i was i just being serious the whole time you know to him oh yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and it's like no that's not true at all I'm stoke so. this back up tonight yeah, yeah bring watch it. for that around 11 yeah, o'clock yeah. <laughs> yeah this will just come boy out. i can't believe what they were talking about <laughs> yeah. um, clever editing and we'll get this back on uh, on track yo all right how much do you want more hot do you want more heat from the seat dude whatever you want all right so I had heard that you and Turnstile might be torn. Power Trip and Turnstile might have been torn together. We 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 it, that's gonna happen. I don't think my this is damn. My, you know why? This is that's my hot. this is my my goal to force upon like the modern music scene as the best chance that we have is we do a tour and it's Code Orange and it's Turnstile and it's Power Trip and it is. A yeah. triple headliner where every yeah. night we all rotate slots and we all split everything down the middle. And yo, all quick equal. time out. No. The best hardcore tours I ever went on, that Righteous Jam's mental R&R, there's a pretty clear hierarchy yeah. of who was bigger yeah, and who yeah, wasn't. Yeah. The money was split evenly every night. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, just because that was that's just... really great. And it was like, good thing yo, clearly do. mental was the biggest, Righteous Jam's was hot, and R&R was new, a cool band who people new, liked. Smaller, right, yeah. But they split everything three ways because it was it eliminated this ego piece, and yo, that was done at a band level. None of those bands had managers. Yeah, you know? so that's what that's like. That's that's where I'm coming from. If and, you guys did that, I, those shows would be, would be huge. It, it's, it would it would be massive. It would be like a landmark tour, I think. You know, um, and then get like having like I don't know maybe regional support or something like sure. get like 
get knocked loose on there or sure. nails or something. Just be like, look, this is like Slayer's calling it a day. All these motherfuckers are getting older. Like these are the these are the bands that are saying we've been around for ten fucking years. We want to be around for ten more. Do you yeah. guys want us or not? You know, like and is, let's is, do is it. heavy music gonna die or are you guys gonna like look? We're the like. We're the new breed that is like knows this world and knows how to navigate it some to some degree. You know, so Andrew, this is something that I think is interesting in the current purview that is different. And like, uh, if you're an older person, stop and look around because it's so cool. Um, when I got into hardcore punk in the late '90s, there were a couple things that I really messed with, and then a bunch of stuff that I really didn't. And I would check it out a little bit, but I there was stuff that was like, ugh, I, I steered away from it. Whole whole hat, like just like, oh, it's like that. No, I'm I'm out on it. That doesn't seem like the way sixteen year olds are now. Like no. they will fuck with Code Orange and Scourge and Ghost um, Main. discrepancy and Ghost Main. Yeah, and like that, you know, some eighteen vision sound and shit. I don't know, but like. It's super open in this broad way that makes me excited. Now, I do want them to, to check out old music and hear things, but that's that's on old people not being douchebags about the way you pass that on. Um, but, like, that tour would be huge. So, so last night, yeah, it would be. I It'd think be so. Huge. I think so, too. And I, that, that's what I want to happen. But, okay, um, so. But I, last night in D.C., there was this squad of kids there, and they all looked like straight like new metal hot topic goth kind of right like, swag like big pants and, like a lot of like, darkest hour was playing stuff like that <laughs> uh they come up to me and they start like talking about like obscure like death metal and black metal and they give me like their black metal tape and i'm like you guys look like you should be at an industrial show like, like a yep. ministry gig but you're like Skinny big puppy. power trip fans, and yeah. you're talking, you're like schooling me on like death and black metal. It's like what, like you know? I know, it's yeah. Cool. I thought it was fucking awesome. One girl was wearing like an acid bath shirt. The other one had like a fucking bathroom shirt on or something. It's like cool that. as hell. And then, you know, I, it's like this is, I don't know. So what we're saying is that we're submitting self defense family for some opening dates. On yeah, the, uh, monsters are rock. All I want to do is open for ministry. Is that so fucking? Why <laughs> would they be so happy? Dude, people compared our new record to ministry a lot, and I was like, I guarantee you our guitar players never listen to ministry. Yo, I think your new record weird. is more hardcore than anything you've done in a long time. I did. I said the same thing. It's so hardcore because we made man. it catchy. Yeah, it's like, hardcore. Really, like, catchy. It's faster. The drumming is way more like hardcore than metal, it's which simple. is funny. Yeah. yeah, we keep it really simple. All right, so then but... we really are going to wrap up here. This okay. is the part yeah, where, like, uh, fucking what's-his-face yeah, is, is reading the book. Um, real question. Real the question. Have question, you considered punk music? Have you considered? My answer is yes. You fantasy, you gave Red Death some ideas for what they should listen to for their next record. What are the records? Yeah. What are the things you would say the next Power Trip LP should be on? Oh, I know. I know. um, Put you in a spot to the dudes who actually write your music. Bolt thrower with a single kick pedal somehow. Bolt thrower without double double bass. (laughs) I know that sounds (laughs) pretty specific. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. That. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Because they had so much groove and so many riffs. Yeah. Like, like I don't think groove with part. you guys, but you guys can get some groove parts. Yeah, some groove stuff. Okay. Got some groove, dude. But yeah, I think I something like that. No, I don't know. 
I don't. I don't know. I. All right, that's your homework assignment. When you come back on, yeah. we want to talk about that. What What our next record should sound yeah. like? Yeah. Yeah. Yo, because I. To, I would love to be told what our next. No, record no, no. Should you're gonna like. tell us. Oh, I. But I yeah. don't. Okay. Well, that's all right. To me, because I really don't. Um, I gotta think about it. I don't it. get in. I don't get to say much in like the 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 riff process. Yeah. What know? do you think about for lyric stuff? All that shit is just um, – I end up writing like a, a one-liner that I think is cool or stealing it from like a book or something, and then it like spreads into like a a song or something based on like a current event or, you know. I just kind of let my mind wander a lot based on like simple phrases or something I'm reading or watching. So it's all over the place. But then I just broaden it out. Love it. I'm, I, I have no technique as a songwriter whatsoever. I just – work stuff in and then try and make sure every word like means something okay no like breath wasted essentially because there's so many bands i feel like have like false like they just want to say some hype phrase or something you got any specifics you want to call anybody no no i honestly i honestly i can't really think of any but that always just seems to be a move is like is like what's the gonna be like the big sing-along part or like you know like yeah it doesn't matter if it means shit you know yeah. um uh fuck i'm trying to think of someone to call out and i can't even think <laughs> of it like I, I just stumped right now but right. you know what i mean I that, do. that posturing where it's like you know i i like i get it more from code orange now but some of that like the hurt will go on stuff you know, okay. First, I was like, "What do you mean, kind of?" And then like, "Oh, yeah. so you were kind of you didn't uh, you didn't see it?" Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Know, yeah. Like some of the like some of that kind of like. Well, you know what? It's funny because it's like that fine line, and I won't I won't call out Code Orange. I'll say Turnstile too. But bands who are really good at having stuff that catches people's attention. Yeah. And like, oh shit! Like. Did you come up with this hot phrase that you think people are going to grab onto that'll look great on a shirt, or was this just part of your process? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's one thing we lack. It's great. I, we have. Yeah, you're no, not good with have, that. You're, but that's like no, the metal we have punk no side like of you. anchored image. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like everybody's just what you know. Just we just do whatever the fuck we want and dress right. however the fuck we want, and it's, it's that's what it is. You know, I don't like like. I don't like being like, oh, we have to like, but a, a very, a very wealthy, very prominent bi- like band manager contacted me, and he was like, he was like, I like the boy band aspect of your group where it's like five of you are individuals, but I think you need like a centering image before people really get your band, and I was like, yeah, no, thanks for your time. Wow. Yeah, and I like, and we were like, we're not gonna fucking work with this guy, and he is. I I can't say who it is, but it is no, someone no, no. who has broken a lot of very big like legacy metal bands. Is Power Trip, a boy band. Is Power Trip a boy band? I'm gonna leave that question to your listeners and let them fucking roast me over it. All right, we're gonna send that out, and you'll get that. You can catch yeah, him on his Twitter. Band, sure. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yo, this has been Axe the Grind. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Triple B. We Thanks, have Sam. we have a Patreon. Um, please consider supporting it if you choose to. Uh, if you don't, no big deal. We love you anyways. But if you choose to, major thank you. Um, thanks again to Riley. Thanks again to Andrew. See you next time.